This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. See here, I think that they're dead here. I reckon that they're dead, right? I reckon. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Hi, Aaron, how are you? That was not necessary. <laughs> I've been slowed down 0.5%. It's like we're Davy and Goliath, though. Um, yeah. There's a reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, but we're both claymation. <laughs> I'm doing well. I have another story that I want to get to. Another one? To remind me, another theater story, yes. Okay. So remind, remind me to get back to that. Not about ghosts this time. That's it's good. not about ghosts this time. Although that's st- that story's still not resolved. <laughs> People, please sure to listen to last week's episode involving my my thoughts on Insidious and things that occurred uh, concurrently here during that time. Um, but I'm doing well. How are you doing, Abe? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. I'm I'm very excited for this uh, show that we've got today. I, I am too. This is this is an exciting one. Uh, yeah, some some would say you can't fight the friction, but we're gonna try. We're gonna see what happens. <laughs> um, that's a great trailer. That never stopped being a great trailer. I watch the trailer sometimes just for fun, uh, even though that movie's five years old. God, it's been a while since Fallout came out. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, what do we do on this podcast? We dig into movies. It's a film podcast where we talk about new movies weekly. We dig into movies. We most spoil for your review. The occasional time here, commentary track or some other fun movie topic. This is episode five hundred and forty-one five four one. I mean. Countdown? I, I don't know. Yes, the the classic countdown. Five, yeah. four, and they're like fools you, skips, and they say yeah. one, and they press it's, launch. It's very Home Alone esque. <laughs> they did that once with um <laughs> with with with, uh, with Buzz Aldrin on one of his other flights. And he's and like, oh, you got like, me. Like surprise, you're on the moon now. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gus told me to do it. Um, what are we doing this week? We're talking Mission Colon Impossible Dash Dead Reckoning Part One. Woo. All of those things. I'm so glad that there's nothing between Reckoning and Part that 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 really made it easier. <laughs> um, at least that's how they say it. You'd be one would think it might be a cult like another colon, but that thing would be too grammatically confusing for people. So it's just mm-hmm. Dead Reckoning Part One, like it's one phrase. Uh, this is the most important part of this podcast, by the way, just establishing how this we say is, the yeah. title. Uh, but joining us to discuss. MI7. We have from initial reaction reviews. He's the only one who currently knows the location of the rabbit's foot. It's Philip Price. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. For sure. For sure, Philip, always. Also joining us, writer for such sites as Polygon, Fangoria, and Vulture. Still waiting for the word on his application to join the syndicate. It's Brandon Stresnick. Hey, thanks for uh, having me back. I'm excited to be here and talk about a movie I really enjoyed. <laughs> All right. How do we know that you're actually not John Lark? <laughs> oh true true yeah or yeah. or ai <laughs> posing as brandon stress <laughs> <laughs> or benji with the john lark mask <laughs> I, we're glad to have both you guys back here it's good to have you on of course I, i'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, from both of you on these movies uh, for different reasons but i know brandon you've been on a journey discovering certain action movies as of late and i want to get back to that later and then philip I, I'm excited to hear because I don't know your thoughts on this franchise as a whole beyond the fact that I assume you probably like it. Um, but I I am happy you're here because I, I want to know what what's the status with you. I, you had this amazing show, Initial Reactions, on YouTube that I was very happy to watch. And now it's not there for the time being. I know. I know. I, I was going to say I, I should have like prepped you with how to introduce like what credentials to throw out there because I 
Uh, I'm not sure either, honestly. I don't know what, I, you know, uh, I'm logging stuff on the letterbox, but that's about the extent of my activity these days. Um, but no, yeah, the um, the theater that we used to shoot our, you know, we would see the movies on usually Thursday nights because we don't get a lot of critic screenings in, in our market here. And uh, so we would see the Thursday night preview screenings and then shoot a review show right after the initial reaction for that reason um, in the theater. And um, for since like 2019, obviously 20 was a bit broken up early 21. Uh, but the management has been cool and everything and was, you know, very helpful in all our silly, goofy intros that we would do for each review and all that stuff. And then um, new manager came in in early May um, and was just like not communicating well and then just kind of ghosted me altogether. And I, I was just like, I don't I'm not going to like force force something into into happening you know or i'm not gonna try to work with somebody who clearly has no interest in helping or supporting or being a part of it so it was just kind of that's like, what i'm hearing yeah exactly you should make yeah. that a term yeah. got zazloft <laughs> I, I i've got a batgirl review that will never see the light of day no <laughs> no. <laughs> no well I'm, that that is a, like uh, i got i have to tell you I, I I I don't watch YouTube reviews. Like I would go as far as say I really dislike YouTube reviews. <laughs> like so, the fact that you're the like one of the very few that I pay attention to, it's very upsetting that it's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is a bummer because like it was it was fun to like meet different. Like the coolest part was I'd have a different guest every week, kind of like you guys do here, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and uh, we try to find somebody either in the Arkansas film community or someone who like had a certain tie to the subject of the movie or something like that so it was always cool the coolest part was meeting different people especially people in the film community so i definitely miss that part of it and that's what kind of made doing the 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 goofy like cold opens fun and everything sure. but yeah. but it's uh it's all good it's we'll figure something out but i, um, I certainly hope you do I, I i hope to see some you know a, like a phoenix rising out of the ashes when it comes to initial <laughs> reaction at some point Right. No, I appreciate you asking and, and letting me explain that and everything. So, sure. I, yeah, not sure, not sure what to, what we're doing right now, but we'll figure something out in the future. All right. Yeah. Now, Brandon, yes. um, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about your Mission Impossible journey soon enough because we'll get to that during the review. But you had another franchise that you recently watched in full for the first time. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I briefly, do you want to talk about this Transformers experience that you had? Yes, because it's funny. It's um. I predominantly write about action. I, you know, the, my biggest thing to date that I'm very proud of is like co-authoring the Vulture Stunt Awards, um, which was like their, they made their debut this year. It was like a big effort, blah, blah, blah. But like one of the funny things that people always yell at me about on Twitter is I love action. It's like very near and dear to my heart, but I haven't seen like the big franchises of the last like 10 years. So Transformers, John Wick fast and Mission Impossible. I've seen various entries in the beginning and then just kind of stopped for very different reasons. Some because I didn't like the, the last one I saw some just out of like, oh, I missed that one. I'll get to it soon enough. And then the next time I turn around, there's four more. And I'm like, oh, man, I've missed a lot of a lot of these. But long story short, jumped into Transformers. Um, I. I'm a huge Michael Bay fan, but I was always like, don't love those. The uh, first one was fine. Hated the second one. Don't need to see the rest. And my buddy Liam, um, he has he was on my case for a while. He's like, you can't love Bay and not at least watch Dark of the Moon. And 
I so I started at the beginning again, had the same experiences, like really, really thought the, the first was kind of like totally fine blockbuster, pre-Marvel blockbuster, like did, did a lot of things I liked, some I didn't. But uh, two was terrible, awful movie. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it, which I, which I, was made during a writer strike, right? So. Exactly, very very uh, appropriate for right now, and it, it it gives me a little bit of uh, uh, comfort knowing that Michael Bay hates that movie too. He thinks it's terrible, so that that's at least nice to know. But uh, I so I went in the dark of the moon, not knowing what to expect, and I was st- like, I I'm one of those people who loves Bay, but also can understand everyone's criticisms of him i his humor does bounce off of me sometimes i think he can be a little jingoistic but in ways that i find interesting and aren't always just falling into like rara americana i think he's really interesting that way but all of that is to say like dark of the moon blew me away (laughs) the last hour of that movie has some of the best action filmmaking i've seen in any blockbuster ever it was kind of astonishing and even more so to think that Avengers came out the next year and I think looks kind of like a TV movie compared to Dark of the Moon um, in some ways. It was it was wild. And I like Age of Extinction and Last Night a lot, but those are both very like, he gets more galaxy brained as those movies go along to the point yes. where Last Night is almost incomprehensible in terms of what's going on. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> just from terms of like, just like big budget spectacle filmmaking, I was pretty floored by the final three entries in those movies i get why people think they're terrible there's some indefensible things in it the romeo and juliet law and age of extinctions awful don't know why that <laughs> needed to pop just make her 18. a laminated card yeah yeah it's it's embarrassing he, and need, it's like, he needed that joke like he was he was like he because he was i remember he was famously pissed off at tj miller for not being funny enough so i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure that's one of the highlights of that movie though is tj miller's death in that movie is unbelievable (laughs) but um, i'm sure he went back for reshoots it's like i got an idea let me me de-age my let me de-age mark Wahlberg's daughter to get this hilarious rudder about romeo all, all you had all you had to do was make her 18 in the script and like no it's fine like that guy's like what 21 22 it, it's all like it's a little bit of he definitely looks it but uh but yeah uh all of that is to say totally get the criticisms of those movies except for the third one i may, maybe some of the bay stuff in there rubs people the wrong way but i think that last hour of three is just undeniable it's like i i couldn't believe it and i was like man i wish i had seen this in the theater all right yeah, sorry for that long. Uh, no, you're good. Rant, I, I, but, I, I was, yeah. I was just, I've been fascinated <laughs> by because we had you, we had you last on for John Wick, which you just caught up with at that point. So it's, it's been neat to mm-hmm. track it's, your it's, journey. <laughs> it's been funny, funny diving into all these because I do think for about a ten year stretch, I was like, oh, the best action's coming from DTV in other countries. Like America's kind of like not doing really good stuff with action, and then now getting caught up with some of the other stuff. It's been kind of fun, and I I don't think that's as true anymore. I think DTV's in a very bad spot right now, and I think uh, these American action movies are finally somewhere that I kind of was wanting them to be about well, ten. The years DTV ago. folks are getting jobs, like that's what's helping. I think exactly. Part of it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So with all that said, let's get to some show notes real quick here. Uh, real quick stuff. Basically, a new commentary track is coming. It is July. We've been doing a commentary track every month now. And this through the summer, we have this thing called Superhero Summer, which is our theme. We've been talking about superhero movies for every commentary track this summer. And this uh, this week, actually, we'll be recording our commentary track for The Dark Knight. Many people have heard of this, I, I, I've, I've been told. 
And uh, yeah, that's a movie we're definitely going to have a lot of thoughts on uh, for the first time ever, uh, as far as Batman's concerned, I'm sure. Um, what else? Uh, the, the summer movie gamble. The 11th annual summer movie gamble. Um, Philip, you're a part of this. Um, yeah. I don't want to admit to it at this point. Yes, I don't think, all, but... Philip, remember, all of us are dealing with this. <laughs> like... I know. I, it's fair, fair. It, um, it's not man. like you're the one that's doing poorly. <laughs> but for those that yeah. aren't aware, uh, the Summer Movie Gamble is, of course, where we predicted the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer at the domestic box office. Abe, myself, Philip, and many other regular guests on the show have all contributed lists. And uh, so, yeah, we're just kind of charting it week by week until we get to the end to see what the final results are. But this week, Mission Impossible, which opened on a Wednesday, has a total of $80 million right now, which is a high for the franchise, but still a bit soft compared to projections. I know there was a lot of uh, curiosity concerning the uh, the Top Gun Maverick bump that this movie possibly could have gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, again, it's, not, it's the highest opening for this franchise, which is not nothing to sneeze at. And it's not like it's not going to have legs, so we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, what else? Indiana Jones is down. A bit. Yeah, it dropped another fifty-six percent. So it's uh, it made twelve millions at one forty-five domestic. Elemental still hanging in there as far as family films are concerned. Uh, one twenty-five. Spider-Man still right at the top, three sixty-eight. Uh, Transformers ahead of Indy still for the time being, one fifty-two. Yeah, let's see. Little Mermaid is two ninety-three totals. I mean, these are all as far as the contenders go. Yeah. We we will see where this Sound of Freedom movie ends up. It has eighty, it has eighty five billion right now. Like there's there's a good chance it could outgrow the Flash, uh, get, yeah. like at the rate oh, that it's going God. right now, which would uh be interesting, uh to see. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's an update on the on the Star movie gamble for this week. Uh, let's move on now. Let's get some out of quickies. Trademark. Wait, <laughs> I told you it's a story. There's a story, but I was I wasn't sure where you're gonna place like, it. I can bring it into quickies. It's fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Good you should know that we All right. Uh, I'll go so I can get the okay. story out of the way. So I saw Talk to Me, the horror movie that's coming out. It debuted at Sundance. Um, it's coming out from A24. Yeah. I think a week from now or two weeks from now, like two, at the twenty eighth. Yeah, the last week of the month. I I like this movie. That's why I saw it again. I saw I saw it again. It was playing at the Arrow Theater in LA, and it had the directors there who were like fun Australian guys, which is always fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so I'm at the theater. I'm by myself, and it this is this is more of like I have a, I I want to ask your guys' opinion on the situation based on the story I'm about to tell you. That's where I'm going with this. Um, and I will say I'm in the wrong. I think, but I'm still curious. Not even the it's not like something terrible happened. Right. So I'm at the theater. Uh, I'm by myself. I get inside, and I take my seat. In front of me, there's two seats. I'm on the aisle. In front of me, there's two seats. They have a jacket hanging over the seats. So, like, there's a guy that's, like, holding two seats. He's not there currently. Now, I'm sitting in my seat. There's no one around me. I'm by myself. I've driven up here to L.A., and I've had to use... I've had needed to use the restroom for, like, an hour at this point, and I haven't had a chance because I was driving, and I didn't stop because I'm not responsible in that way. Um, so the guy gets back and that's in front of me. He takes his jacket off the seats and he sits down. My thought is since there's no one here yet, I have no one with me to guard my seat that I don't want to lose. I asked the guy if I can borrow his sweatshirt to hold my seat while I go use the restroom and then come back, given that he's sitting in his seat. So his seat next to him, he could presumably just easily hold with his, you know, just hold. Uh-huh. He, so I ask him politely enough. He says, no. 
Um, <laughs> no, in a way that was like mildly aggressive, not like uh-huh. mean, but like enough where it's like, all right, it seemed like he had a problem with me just bearing to ask the question. It's like, all right, fine. So I, I don't, I don't try to press it, but I do say, but you're here at your seat. Like you can hold your seat, right? He's like, no, I'm not going to give you my switcher. I'm like, uh, okay. And then I back off. So that's done. Eventually, a guy comes down. He sits next to me, and I'm like, "Can you almost see?" He says, "Yes." I go use the restroom. So the end of the story. Now, I don't think the guy's wrong for wanting to not lend me his sweatshirt. He doesn't know me. I'm some random guy in L.A. What is that? What could that be? But <laughs> I am curious. Do you, do you think there? If you were in this situation, would you be that? Would you be courteous like that, or would you just say, "No, I, I'm not doing that"? I would just say, "I'll watch your seat for you." Like See, I wouldn't. Then he, well, then he I wouldn't necessarily like, have to like give you my jacket per se. But I'd say like, no, go ahead. I'll just make sure nobody takes your seat. Then he, but then he put him in a position where he has to like sit like facing backwards, essentially. No, to, like, I, I wouldn't know who's coming into the theater. Okay, <laughs> I'd be like, no, that's my friend's seat. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty simple just to do that. Well, I'll say the, like he, it's it's you're coming into the theater from behind the seats as opposed to in front, so it's not like he can see people coming and as in like like he has to be facing my seat the whole time in that situation. I would still just be like, okay. I'll just watch your seat for you, because right. again, that's like a, fr- a fairly people do that all the time, even pre pandemic, right? They're just uh-huh. like, hey, hey, yeah, go ahead, I'll just watch your seat for you. And also, again, you've seen people just like sitting for for back when you had to like put sweaters on all your seats oh i've been this i've been in this yeah theater. you've been I that had, guy i had to hold yeah. a whole fucking row once right, you'd because have to, like, everybody else was late yeah you just have to like watch like five seats <laughs> and just be like sorry there's nothing in that seat but it's being held right yeah, so. yeah philip i know this this situation is hard i'm somehow the one that always hold, held i'm so happy for reserve i don't care what people think about reserve seats i fucking oh, love it yeah. that is oh, the yeah, best no. thing for me i've been this guy way yeah. too many times as far as i have to hold four five seats and being like like no one's around i have one shirt like how am i supposed to do yeah this? no it's the worst at uh concerts when you like you know <laughs> when they have like a lawn and you have to like you put a blanket or towels down and it's like no you can't you can't put your towel here because i've got this square footage right here for eight <laughs> other people that are coming do not touch the corner i it's, swear to god it's um, funny no because... i totally brandon well, to answer your question, yes, I would do I would do that because it's like such a like non-issue. But at the same time, I've like yes. I've used my backpack or jacket or something uh. to like put in my seat in before a movie to get up to go to the bathroom. I I'll never forget. Um, like that still doesn't stop people. I uh-huh, yeah. I there there was a New Year's where I did like I was alone that day. I forget what was going on, but I did a triple feature of uh I believe it was Nebraska, Lewin Davis, and. Wolf of Wall Street, I think, Fuck was yeah. the other one. <laughs> wow. And in, be- in between two of the one, whatever movie I was in between, one I bounced from one theater to the next and put my I had my backpack with me and my jacket and I I put them on the seat, came back from the bathroom and an old couple had thrown my stuff in the aisle like Ooh, on geez. the ground and just sat in my seat. And those, so like those damn geriatrics. It's crazy, yeah. It was like, Stacy Keach. That's the weird part. Stacy Keach should have punched him in the face. <laughs> it's crazy though. The old old people at the movie theater they have no decorum. I, I like they, they're the ones on their phones. They're the ones texting, scrolling. It, it's crazy. It's I notice it all the time. Mm. It's yeah, but but yeah, uh, not not to be ageist. Everyone's allowed to go see movies, but uh, and plenty of young people are terrible. Also, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's. Phil, terrible. what what was your take on this? I would have, I would legit have just tossed my jacket onto the seat and then like 
glanced back, you know, every right. like minute or so until they got back. And then just like maybe been a little bit nervous, especially if it was like a jacket I was really attached to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would have trusted that they'd have been like, here's your jacket. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. you, you know, so I, yeah, like, uh, like Brandon said, it feels like such a knowledge, like why yeah, even yeah, make I a deal out of it. It's not even like I'm in the wrong, but I like, I get the guy's position. Yeah. I understand. It's like, I'm not bitter about this, but it was enough of an interesting scenario. Where I'm like, I should present this on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And that's you, uh, you all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, take out a, a stogie, start smoking it, laughing really loudly, and then, you know, maybe even try to strangle him. Uh, I do that. Like... I do that at most screenings, though. So that's oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 De Niro style. Yeah. yeah. So it all worked out, though. And that guy was Fred Armisen. That's not. Oh wow! Um, Okay. Now it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah he I've heard I've heard that he's not the nicest guy, so that makes a lot of sense. You're now imagining him doing a voice while he's saying no to you, like Portlandia (laughs) voice or something. I don't know why that was because I was like, what's the random name I could pull? Yeah, that's what came up in my head. Yeah, you came up with somebody. Guy's pretty sassy. Yeah, it's a believable it's a believable name to go with too. It was a. It it was a bit, Aaron. It was a bit. The whole thing's a bit. (laughs) When they aggregate this, we're gonna get so many hits. <laughs> Fred Armisen doesn't save chair for Fire Newer. It's a nod story. It's Pizza Rat. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, talk to me good movie. It's the moral of that story. It's yeah, a movie. I think we'll talk about it later. Go. We'll talk about it more in detail, I'm sure, at yeah. some point. Um, I've also saw Problemista recently. This is the yes. Julio Torres film mm. that's coming out with him and uh, Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, this movie's great. <laughs> Um, it's coming out in August. Um, I want I want to help set the buzz in motion. I know it's already had like a strong debut at, at uh, South by Southwest, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's really fun um, and weirdly endearing in terms. Did of you watch his to. HBO show uh, Los Spookies? Oh yes, I did watch Los yeah. Spookies. Right. Oh, that was a good yeah. show. I'm sad that it was over. Yeah. Um, but I, I he he certainly has like an interesting voice. Uh, if he's going to do more films, and this was a this was a mm-hmm. fun movie. And lastly, I watched They Clone Tyrone. Which arrives next week on Netflix with uh, Boyega, Tiana Paris, and Jamie Foxx. I'm still trying to settle my thoughts on this movie because it's not like as what I mean, it is wild, but it's not as like broadly wild as I think I might have expected. But it's very interesting. It's well, it's shot on film, and it like very oh. it, like it looks really neat as far as what it's trying to do, as far as being this kind of like black exploitation meets sci-fi type of deal, and very stylish. But it's not as like it's not as zany as I think the notion of damn they clone Tyrone suggests it might be. Uh-huh. Uh, so I I would certainly recommend it because I think it's too interesting to pass. But uh, like it's it's not necessarily what I could have been weirder, huh? And I mean, like it could have been weirder. It's more of I had a certain perception of it going in, and it went a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I still appreciate that direction. I'm still trying to mull because it has like ideas on its mind. So I'm still trying to mull over. Like what I think about it, but I still think it's worth seeing. Okay. So yeah, Philip, what you do? What have you seen recently? I, this week's been been pretty sparse because um, I, I saw Dead Reckoning on Monday and uh, did a double feature. I just saw Joyride right before I saw Dead Reckoning because I, I needed to catch up with that one. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I I started watching the um, Flame and Hot and didn't get to finish it this week. I was trying to catch up with that one. And then last night we threw uh, my wife and I threw on Fear, like the Mark Wahlberg Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had never seen it, and it was like on. Uh, I I had a free. I just gotten a recent like free digital copy of it on Vudu or whatever, and we were like, oh, let's see what this is about. That was a weird choice. So anyway, 
It's a weird date night movie. Yeah, it was it's got it was some weird... interesting things, questionable things in it. William Peterson came on. I was like, oh, it's sick. I was gonna say, it's like be... one of those. It's one of those rare <laughs> William Peterson movies where he's just like a dad. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then it just kept getting stranger, and I was like, what is happening here? And uh, it was so. And I on and again, like it. Uh, I think we both fell asleep with maybe ten minutes left, so we have to finish like the last ten minutes <laughs> of it tonight, uh, which is crazy because we were like literally every ten minutes we're like. What is happening? Where is this going? What what is going on with with Wahlberg's dude and everything? So yeah, I think you've yeah, got a new show in your hands story. here, where you and your wife just watch movies and comment on it. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, I could, that that's the YouTube series I'll have to set up. I'll just be one of those uh, one of those reactors, those, which I I can't say it. What are those doorbells called? Ring, where you can use a camera. From the, yeah, yeah, the oh camera. yeah, yeah. I, there's I, a lot I of think, them. Yeah, I think those were inspired by the Mark Wahlberg scene where he's like, "Open the door." <laughs> I think that's when they when someone got the idea is like, oh yeah, we should have doorbell cameras. Uh, <laughs> that whole security system was just cracking me up too. I mean, I know it's dated and everything, but William Peterson's straight watching like a a soap, you know, with between all, all the the Reese Witherspoon and her uh, Alyssa Milano and Mark Wahlberg action going on right outside his door. Who's but, Wahlberg's yeah, friend in that movie? Who plays his friend? That was yeah. wild too, because yeah. I don't know who it was, but he's just like, Hold on. he's clearly like forty-five years old, and Alyssa Milano's just like, hell yeah, I'm up for this. And I was like, what? What is <laughs> happening? You're you're sixteen, apparently. No, it's not somebody like I thought it was somebody like really interesting. It's just like a random character actor. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> No, we got the fear conversation. It's a James yeah. Foley film, too. That's what I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> right. I had a Cape Fear reference earlier, and now we got a fear review. It's great. Okay. Wait, what yeah, what what'd you watch, Brandon? Fear.com? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, what uh, are you watching? What have I seen lately? Other than uh all the Mission Impossibles all in a row, um I la- last night I watched uh to get back to my DTV roots, I watched a pretty good DTV movie called uh, The Channel, and it's um, it's from William Kaufman. I don't know what his most famous movie would be for most people. Probably one of the Marine movies, um, maybe Marine 4. But uh, he he's very good at the ta- tactical side of things. He has some of, like, I've listened to um, people who have, I, I know nothing about guns. Uh, they're, they're not my thing, despite how much I love action. Um, but from what I've heard, he's very good at you know do like that side of action filmmaking with the shooting and you know making it look authentic and the way people are carrying and reloading very man-esque in that way uh michael man-esque uh mm-hmm. n- not the gender um <laughs> but uh but <laughs> yeah this yeah yeah <laughs> but but this was a pretty good movie it looks terrific uh, i think the only star of note is clayn crawford uh Lethal Weapons Clean Crawford. Yeah, yeah. Uh didn't get fired from this one, thankfully. But uh <laughs> but uh yeah, it's um I, I once described Den of Thieves as being a uh, a heat, a monster energy heat. And this would be like the bush light of Den of Thieves. Uh, <laughs> very very down and dirty. Um, but 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 looks great, like looks looks terrific for its budget. It, it was kind of blowing my mind because I saw a tweet today that was like Oh, here's how much the last however many Marvel movies and shows cost. And like Secret Invasion has like a $225 million budget, right. which like blew me away. 
and then I watch something like this, which is made for like one million, and I'm just like, wow, this looks tremendous. But yeah, little cool little DTV movie. Um, if you're not into that sort of thing, or like you know, I'm, I wouldn't really recommend it. But if you're like, but but if you like going down, you know, finding little hidden gems like that on VOD for like four bucks, it, it's worth a watch. A fun little action movie. But uh, yeah, that's the only new thing I've seen. Uh, William Kaufman uh, directed a movie called The Hit List, yes. uh, which was one of the first Blu-rays I reviewed uh, for Wise of Blue. And it stars Cuba Gooding Jr. in basically a collateral type film where Cole Hauser is in the Jamie Foxx position, as you'd mm-hmm. expect. And this we, we just talked about this on the collateral commentary we recorded where Cuba Gooding Jr., was one of the people up for the Jamie Foxx role in Collateral at one point. <laughs> and he said no to it because he didn't want like that to be distracting with him and Tom Cruise being together. And yet here he is, like years later, doing a movie where he's playing the Tom Cruise <laughs> role in a film that's like Collateral. <laughs> so so Kaufman, has, his biggest collaborations are with Johnny Strong. I don't know if any of you know him, but he yeah. was in some of the Fast and Furious movies. Uh-huh. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he's like carved out this niche doing like these really solid DTV movies with William Kaufman. And it's funny. They actually, the same day the channel released, they, they released another William Kaufman movie released that's co-directed with Johnny Strong called War Horse One. And I didn't watch that, but from what I've heard, it's much more of like a Johnny Strong, like, like if if he were taking Rambo three very seriously, and it sounds it. not great, uh, but uh, yeah, um, his I would definitely recommend William Kaufman's uh, collaborations with Johnny Strong, other than this newest one. And I was just looking it up; he did The Marine Four, which stars The Miz yeah. from WWE. Fun movie, but uh, mm-hmm. again, if you're not really into the DTV stuff, it's like it would probably bounce off of you. And he also. He also did a movie called One in the Chamber, which is one of my favorite titles of an action movie. Because... Great title. Yeah. <laughs> that has and, double meanings. <laughs> and I'm just finding out here, I didn't know this, he also did Jarhead 3, which uh, co-stars Scott Adkins, who I love. So yeah. I'll have to check that out at some point. Okay. Probably probably not great. but uh... yeah. Johnny Strong, from Fa- he's Leon in Fast and Furious, the yeah. one missing member of the family. Exactly. He I, hasn't come back. I, yeah. I, I'm so curious <laughs> what even, happened They even brought back like the, the guy uh, who double-crosses them in, in uh fast five six. Every, every everybody is Everybody's back except leon who was in the family yeah <laughs> i've only ever seen the first three do they ever bring back the two guys the two leads from bow wow and the other guy from three brandon you have they no do. idea like you, you have no idea what you're missing <laughs> yeah. just do the amount of callbacks and saw like continuity <laughs> you'll, that yeah. they're going you'll never guess the where they even go brandon that's <laughs> that's why it's love... wild that leon johnny strong is yeah. not part of all of this compared <laughs> and to he's not dead else. yeah he's yeah, not he got dead. away he was fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's in like you know like minnesota chilling be like i wonder what's dom's right. up to and yeah, he turns exactly. on the news like oh my like, god they robbed brazil well, wait a well, minute maybe... now they're multi-billionaires <laughs> well this last one did so badly at the box office that maybe uh 11 will release on dtv and that's how they'll get johnny strong he's back. been the mastermind the whole time <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? William Foster really can direct it also if you if you seem like you never call down, me back dom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> abe what have you been watching uh i watched the second half of the season of of season two of the bear which we talked about which i talked about last week uh i i told aaron that i left off at the christmas episode i finished that and then i get into another strong episode right after that where uh, richie is yep forks which richie is uh doing some um some intern work um and it's a it's a good season i certainly enjoyed how they 
they differentiated it from the first season uh, it, so that it's not just like Carmi kind of like yelling at everybody about, you know, steak sandwiches or beef sandwiches and kind of uh, decided to invest literally and figuratively uh, in other characters in this series. Um, and then you guys don't know it, but I actually have just been watching the men's Wimbledon's uh, finals as we've been talking. So I've been a little bit silent in the beginning, but now that it's over, and spoiler alert, Carlos Acaraz is number one in the world, and he's also won the uh, the men's single title. All right. Well, that's good. And that yeah. reminds me to have myself sidetracked by turning on Pluto TV so I can put on the Godzilla channel. Because um, <laughs> it's all day. It's great. There you uh, go. All right. Well, that's how to Hashtag Toto? <laughs> Toho. Toho. <laughs> Trademark. Thank you. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. Where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out what have you and this week uh we have a film that's coming this fall that sees the latest retelling of what it was for a powerful being to take his rise west of these parts and rain down destruction on those he deemed lesser than him leaving chaos in his wake but abe won't let me talk about the godzilla minus one no. trailer so yeah, instead we're yeah. going to talk about napoleon i was like that's because i have a surprise for you we're actually going to japan <laughs> oh good okay so thanks for ruining that surprise eric yeah <laughs> Well, we have Ridley Scott's latest historical epic, um, which stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte and Vanessa Kirby as Empress Josephine. It's uh, despite it's been, it's like a Sony and Apple production, and so it's actually getting a theatrical release, which good. Um, it's a giant Napoleon movie. I would hope they put that money on screen. And uh, yeah, Rid- Ridley Scott doing Napoleon. Here we are. Uh, Philip, thoughts on this uh, trailer? I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, anytime, obviously, anytime uh, Ridley Scott makes a movie, it's like, yeah, you got to check it out. Um, I, I, you know, I was a little thrown off by the song choice in the trailer, but I loved how they went all in on like his credits and everything. It was like, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's going to bring it. Like, this is Ridley Scott, if you're not aware who that is. Uh, Vanessa Kirby looks great in it. Uh, I know it's kind of like a little connective tissue on today's episode, but, um, I, you know, and. <clears throat> Aside from it just looking like they did put all that money on screen, like it looks great. Like, you know, it does, there wasn't ever a, a you know, a, a couple seconds there was like, oh man, we're really, uh, even Ridley's leaning into kind of like the, you know, the massive green screen use or whatever. Um, but the last part just like hooked me the whole, uh, on the, on the ice and everything. I was just like, yeah, that's, that's give me, I hope it's a, you know, two hours and 40 minutes of that kind of stuff, just like his strategy and everything. So I, I, I don't know. I can't help but be excited about it, but I am after the trailer, like genuinely looking forward to it. All right, Brandon, how about you? I um, I'm really excited for this. I I was thinking about because I I got this. I didn't watch the trailer when it dropped on uh, online, but I did see it in front of uh, Dead Reckoning. Mm-hmm. And aside from, I don't know why they they used radiohead in the trailer very, very <laughs> odd choice but uh that, that was a little strange but um they should have used but, abba's waterloo right exactly yeah very <laughs> like slow a, down in chapter version yeah 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 like a, a haunted yep. chorus of children singing it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um i it's called foreshadow <laughs> <laughs> i um i really loved last duel um i that's like one of my i i think it might be top five ridley for me that movie really hit for me mm-hmm. and i uh, I get the the complaint that this movie looks really washed out, and I I do kind of wish he wasn't going that route with this one, like he did with Last Duel. It made a lot more sense to me. I wish this would be would have more of like a Kingdom of Heaven kind of 
aesthetic to it in terms of like color yeah. and everything but at the same time like i don't know i don't think the, the aesthetic looks bad though and i i'm just excited i i'm a big ridley scott fan did a big turnaround on him a few years ago i used to because I, I love tony scott i used to be like oh it's tony tony's it's my guy one or nothing yeah. for you yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was stupid distinction on my part but but i always thought he was like a very like um uh hand like a handsome filmmaker that but one that like didn't do anything for me beyond that and i i started to really i think it took an alien rewatch for me to be like oh no this guy is incredible aliens a masterpiece and ever since then i've just been falling in love with a lot of his work for the first time um in some cases and yeah uh really looking forward to this as a new within the last five years uh newly professed ridley head mm -hmm. hey. Is that a thing now, Ridley heads? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I just made that up or not, but it, but I'll happily. Uh, I think we, you should trademark start... it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I call them Blackhawk fans. Black... <laughs> Again, Johnny Strong's in that movie. Um, <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's he one. He's, he's the. He's Why does the everyone one know more about Johnny Strong than I do? <laughs> Come on, get with it, Aaron. This is actually an the... intervention. Where, where this, <laughs> yeah, the, we exactly. all started. This is a, yeah. Surprise! There's a fifth member of this podcast. It's Johnny Strong. <laughs> Hey guys, he's wearing a mask. <laughs> he pulls it off Mission Impossible style. It's been Brandon all along. Um, I am excited because it's a Ridley Scott picture, and he seems to be doing a lot of these epics. Uh, and when he does these epics, they turn out to be really well. I, I my my largest curiosity was actually what accent was was our guy. Uh, uh, River, I'm sorry, Joaquin gonna River. be doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. What what accent was our guy Joaquin gonna be doing? And you know, true to the last duel style, Ridley's just like, just speak with your own. Voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> speak with your own voice, and you're good enough. If you're not speaking French. Not why are you using an accent? Like... Yeah, it's gonna sound worse if you try to say, you know, words with a French accent. So just speak with your own accent. Let's shoot this movie and let's see what happens. So. I'm curious about it, uh, just from the standpoint of Ridley Scott, and also I guess what else I'm going to learn about Napoleon, who seemed to be you know this this guy with great strategic um, mind, uh, but kind of a, a huge asshole. So let's let's go. That should have been the title. <laughs> great strategic mind. Period. Huge, huge asshole. asshole. Period. The tagline. Put that on the poster. At least the tagline. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, I. You know, there's not going to be much to said here. Ridley Scott's making another historical epic in this phase of his career where he's made well like 12 films since turning 70 mm -hmm. um which is insane <laughs> um, yeah. some uh, don't get 12 films and, he, and he, yeah and he's made so many historical epics that like he made like a costly christopher columbus movie that nobody remembers that flopped and he's still like yeah i'm still doing these what i'm not gonna stop <laughs> Just think about the ruling. There's a Christopher Columbus movie for Ridley Scott that most people probably don't know about. That's how many he's made of these kinds of films. Um, yeah, this looks wonderful. I don't, I, I don't know what else I'd expect. Like, I can hear the comments about visuals, but if anything, I think he's going for this kind of like painterly look that I think in context might play better. Um, and it's not like I'm expecting this movie to look bad. It's a Ridley Scott film that costs absorbent amounts of money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I like. I, I like what seems to be being emphasized here as far as who Napoleon is. And it's also fun to see a shot of him being like, I'm going to blow up the pyramids because fuck you. Like, whatever. And this is like, this, yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> like, this is, I, I'm so curious, like, what the, 
what the arc of this film will be as far as right. what, the, what they want the audience to take away from this beyond just like more know-how of who Napoleon was. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm certainly curious about all of that. I like the way that Scott handles periods of history and what have you. So looking forward to it for sure. Um, Napoleon hits theaters first, uh, November 22nd, so Thanksgiving weekend. Everyone's going to freeze out to see Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Yeah, now. Aaron, if, you, yeah. Aaron, if you can just let me know what your check in on Facebook's going to be before you see this. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to workshop something with Bonaparte and I just need, I need to know where your head's at on that. So we don't Boom. copy each other. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably say something along the lines of, well, I won't need a, I won't need a booster seat like my man in this movie. <laughs> oh, oh burn it. Even though I'm like one of the few people that's like, he actually wasn't really short. That's just a, a different kind of thing, but whatever. <laughs> Who cares about details? Says the history major. Um, all right. Let's move on. Let's get to the main review for Mission Cold Impossible Dash Dead Reckoning Part One. It's been a long time, friend. You've no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. His fate is written. Shall we write yours too? If anything happens to them, there's no place that I won't go to kill you. That is written. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So many words. It's finally here. If I'm not mistaken, this is the last huge film to have started filming during the height of the pandemic, and it made for a lengthy and tumultuous production. Filming in at least seven different countries, writer-director Christopher McQuarrie and star producer-slash-daredevil Tom Cruise have gotten together once again to deal with the latest challenge for the IMF. Much like the members of the WGA and SAG, Ethan is now fighting against the advent of AI. That said, this timely cinematic metaphor is far more dangerous than what real life presents currently, which is exactly why Ethan Hunt has to destroy it. To do that, he will need familiar team members, as well as the help of a cunning pickpocket named Grace. Unfortunately, Ethan will also have to deal with a figure from his past who has decided to play on the side of the entity. Spying stunts and super amounts of running will ensue in this race against not Skynet. Brandon, you've been on a journey, as you've mentioned before, as far as discovering action films, uh, franchises that you haven't seen recently. And I'm so curious not only what you thought of this film, but like the path that led you here as far as what you thought of these previous mission entries that you're watching for the first time. Okay. So I'll, I'll do this as quickly as possible. Saw so that all three of these or no, all Jesus, all three of the first three in theaters. Uh, the, I, I saw the first one. Weirdly. It's the, it's the first like adult movie I remember seeing in a theater. And I was like five or six, mm. I think. And and then I saw the second one, huge limb biscuit head at the time. So that movie really <laughs> did it for me. Uh, and then You're I saw all about the, third... the chocolate starfish in the hot with flavor water. Right? I was, <laughs> I was that, that, I, that 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 video uh, for uh, take a look around uh, from that soundtrack is just like burned into my memory forever. <laughs> and uh, and then the third one, I remember thinking was fine at the time, but not being super into it. And then for one reason or another, just missed four, five, and six. Never saw them. And everyone says that's where the franchise becomes like what it is and so i decided you know what the new one's coming out i need to see all these and just like this last week watched them straight through over the course of a couple of days uh and man 
I was I, I don't know where everyone's heads are around like rankings and everything, but like Ghost Protocol, I was excited for because I everyone says this is where it becomes what it is. Liked Ghost Protocol, feel like it loses all of its steam after the Burj Khalifa scene, which like that. how couldn't it? I mean, it's that that scene's incredible. Great movie though, really really liked it. I mean, me saying it loses steam, I still think it's like yeah, it's still it's still yeah. doing better than many other yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, like there, I don't. I, my hot take is there isn't a bad movie in this franchise except maybe the Abrams one. I don't love. I love the second one. I can't be objective about it. I know that's the bad one for people, but but five is where I was really like, wow, okay, this is a full on masterpiece. Like. Rogue Nation blew me away, took everything, took took all the great elements of the first four, I thought, and did something really special. And since then, nothing's topped Rogue Nation for me. Really loved Fallout, felt like it was like a hair below Rogue Nation, and really loved this one, although it's sitting with me a little weirdly. But in I, I, in the moment, I was like, oh, this is like incredible. Love this movie, love it. And But then I was talking to a friend about it yesterday, and he he was like, he's had a few more issues with it than I did. And he was like, I think, cause I, I wasn't able to defend why I loved it so much other than I, this movie is something that I really, really love. And he was like, do you think you loved it? Cause it's the first one of these you've seen in a theater since three. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? That might be a good point. Cause <laughs> I was kind of in awe the whole time. Like, I can't believe this looks so good. Movies. Movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I still really think it's great. I think, Again, you know, not really into doing all the rankings and everything, but five, I think, is a step above everything. I think De Palma's is pretty close to being like perfect, too. And then I I think five and or six and seven are very close for me in terms of like just how much I enjoyed them. And then everything else is whatever. But really, really loved this new one. It has a lot of problems that I think we'll probably get into. I don't know. But just really didn't have too many complaints with it thought it was pretty great but yeah in terms of my watch through rogue nations like an immediate all-timer blockbuster for me really blew me away all right well thanks for that recap i was certainly yeah yeah i tried curious. to make it quick sorry if it was like super no you're fashion. fine no I, I like that we have exclusive rights to the, the audio <laughs> version of the streusnik story when it comes yeah. to mission impossible <laughs> philip I, I'm so curious, not only what you thought of this movie, but where you are with this franchise in general. I believe you told me that you named all of your children after entries in this franchise. If, I'm, if I might have just made that up, I don't know. But like, where are you? What do you think about this series? Yeah, it's it's tough because you know, obviously, the second child is MI two. We just call him that, and uh, it's just a real a hole these days. You know, that three is just really people call a uh, complain about the terrible twos, but that's not where it's at. It's three, man. I'm telling you, um, no. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if we'll get to you know uh, Rogue Nation and Fallout. That might be taking on a little too much. And, uh. You know, uh, but anyway, no, um, <clears throat> no. I think I've I've seen all of these in the theater except for the first one, um, just because it was. I, I, what was what year was the first one? Ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was like nine and just probably wasn't aware enough for, you know, and my parents didn't really go, like take us to the movies. I'd, but my aunt loves Tom Cruise. Like, so she, once I hit like 12, she was taking me to all like, and I was like, I want to go to the movies. You know, she, she would go, we definitely see all the Tom Cruise movies. So, uh, and I try to still go with her, but she, again, this is a theme recently. She ghosted me on Monday night after I'd already <laughs> got her ticket. That's uh, not good. The problem but, is you. That's, that's did you bring an extra jacket though? <laughs> you know what? I did because it was cold in the theater last week when I was watching Indiana Jones, and I was like, "I'm gonna bring a jacket to tonight to fall or to." <laughs> and she still uh, ghosted you. I was, like, hey. I was like, "Text me when you're close to the theater," because we both live, you know, like 45 minutes from the theater mm -hmm. we were going to uh, to the IMAX screen. 
am I supposed to meet you tonight? I was like, man, it's a Tom Cruise night, and you're, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, I remember seeing uh, the second one with her, and uh, you know, at the time, I was, whatever year that was, probably, you know. That's 2000. Moved. I like that the second one was this, like, communal time where you all just embraced how fun it was, because honestly, yeah. I still think yeah. it is fun. I'm with Brandon as far as, I really like that movie. I don't, I'm not as high as Brandon on it, but I certainly... I certainly had that soundtrack still, but they're like that it was like number one movie of the summer outside of like Gladiator, maybe. I mean, it's like it's not like that movie was heavily disliked at the time. Then you're forgetting all. Disney's dinosaur. I'm not. Period. <laughs> that was the same summer. Oh my god. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. Holy cow. No, so what was that? Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I was yeah I was thirteen in two thousand. So it was like. I was I was in from that opening sequence and everything. I loved it, and it was a lot. Of, I probably haven't seen it. I, I know I rewatched all of them either before four or five. So it's but it's so but it's been you know uh, it's been a little bit since I've seen all of them in a row. For the record, um, Mission Impossible Two was number one of the summer. Dinosaur number seven. <laughs> it <laughs> made terrible. money. Top ten. It was yeah. still a giant flop, if I'm not mistaken. I think it cost like a ton of money. <laughs> like, all those been... toys are incredible. Okay. <laughs> You have the MI2 soundtrack still. Abe has all the dinosaur tracks. <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah. Bob that oh. shit all up. I thought it was gonna be a beanie baby stuff. I was gonna pay for my college. Um, but no, yeah. So and then of course, you know, like uh Brandon was saying, four kind of felt like it revitalized. I mean, I you know, three with Philip Seymour Hoffman, that you know, it's I, I have no idea like what that guy's um you know mission was other than uh like you know getting money or world domination or something like that but like you know it's that performance is insane and i I just remember the intensity of of seeing that because like by 2006 i'd kind of checked out on the franchise and was like oh you know when you're younger six years in between feels like oh we're still doing this uh Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of like Okay, it was cool. It's fine. Um, glad Tom Cruise is kind of trying to, you know, make a comeback after the whole couch thing and all that. But, uh, but yeah, and then Ghost Protocol and then McQuarrie taking over. Um, and, and I've always like looked forward to some whatever McQuarrie, like even Valkyrie, I was looking forward to because of McQuarrie's involvement because just usual suspects I, I just loved. It was like one of those movies when I first saw it, I was like, this is insane and amazing. <laughs> and like it just blew my mind the first time I saw it, you know. Um, so yeah, I've you know I've been in and Fallout honestly like was I, I mean I loved Ghost Protocol Rogue Nation was like yes let's keep going and then Fallout was just like it's not it can't get any better than this like I was it, that was just the peak of the franchise for me mm-hmm. so I was a little nervous going into this one being like how in the world and the fact they'd given us like that ten minute uh, behind the scenes thing I was I was almost hoping that the 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 jump off the cliff and everything was like i, I kind of knew it wasn't going to be but yeah i was hoping it was mm-hmm. at the front like kind of like what they did with the plane thing and it was it being you know the the lead off and everything um but so i was nervous like they were putting all those cards on the table ahead of time which you have to do i'm not mad at it for doing that obviously like you know things you know times are tough for movie theaters right now you gotta do what you gotta do i get it um but uh but yeah so i was i was a little worried about it's 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 probably going to be great and really do all the things that's all the things the last couple of entries have done really well but i was like kind of preparing myself for it not to compare to fallout um and it kind of it kind of is that for me but i still like really enjoyed it i thought the um for the runtime uh it flew by like there was one point where 
um i was like surely it's only been like 30 minutes or whatever and i checked what time it was and it was already i, I don't even know it had to be like almost two hours into it and i was like wow Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the pacing on it was just really well. And there's just so many, I just loved how it, like the whole of it was kind of, um, the score was really influential in making it like just a lot of action sequence type montages. And then, you know, we'll drop in a dialogue or exposition scene when we need it here or there, but it was just largely like these, and even like the car chase and stuff, just like really well done, like, uh, like adding the comedy in there and everything like mm-hmm. i loved the handcuff bit and everything it was just like yes thank you you're you're doing an action sequence but you're also like being you know adding layers of creativity on top of it and i just it was it was you know yeah i had some issues with like um uh the the like personification of the ai and everything it was like <laughs> uh, we could have handled that a little better uh but i did like the like the idea and the ambition of, of obviously you know movies have done this forever with um <clears throat> you know Aaron's reference to Skynet earlier and everything mm-hmm. uh but I like the idea of it is obviously like the timing of it is insane but um uh, yeah that and then there's just like some issues not with the Haley Atwell performance I think she's in, you know incredibly well suited to the this type of franchise and uh you know obviously beautiful and very charismatic and everything but uh, j- as far as like just women Ethan Hunt's life and how we are continuing that pattern I was just kind of yeah. like I'm a little bummed we decided to keep going with that route because I thought, McCory, you might switch it up a little bit. But okay, um, you know, there's only supposedly maybe one more, so we'll see where that goes anyway. But yeah, I mean, a few, you know, nitpicks aside, uh, I still had a great time with it. Thought it was, you know, again, uh, paired with like John Wick 4 this year, like you just, uh, you can't be mad at the 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 type of filmmaking it's it's putting on screen and everything and and how ambitious it is and and how well done it is so i was just i, I mean i was i was thrilled more than i was and absolutely so i still had a great time with it it was a little weird to get a text from abe saying women drivers am i right but you know I, well, <laughs> oh, he didn't text I was, me that i was born that's, i was born in 1901 <laughs> that's a joke he didn't text that at all i was that's like wait a minute was. they have showers indoors now <laughs> As I wear my Davy Crockett raccoon hat. <laughs> How old are you in this scenario? <laughs> you well, sl- you see, you have a slingshot in your back backwards. pocket too. <laughs> Abe, yes. I, uh, I'm aware. Yeah, obviously aware. We, we've been we've been we've been quite the fans of this franchise, and we've talked about the the four of these movies that have come out since we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, uh, this being the fourth. Uh, where are you now with uh, having seen Dead Reckoning Part One? With the franchise, the franchise, and yeah, this movie. Yeah, I, I think the franchise is still going pretty strong, um, and it's very apt that this has come out in a summer that Fast X has come out, and also what Philip just mentioned, John Wick Four has come out, um, and I, I think that as it continues to go on here, Tom Cruise is certainly living up to one of like the 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 moniker of one of the last great movie stars of uh, that's still working kind of thing, because um, this guy just. As I think it's pretty genuine when he's when he's on these red carpets premieres, even like on these like you know one off uh, people just shooting video of him signing autographs, that he just really likes to entertain people. Uh, yeah. I think that it, it's uh, pretty apparent that he just really wants to do huge stunts uh, in real live situations that will get people to go see movies because he just loves movies uh, and he loves entertaining people and he just he really wants the medium to survive 
Um, I mean, this is a guy that made a motion smoothing video for everybody to turn it off, right? So, <laughs> which saved uh, lives. It it did. They, yeah, they tracked exactly. They're alive. Yeah. They 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 quantified this. It, it exactly. Yeah. Lives. And he certainly seems like a genuinely like I want to have Ethan Hunt kind of grow with me. Uh, and Ethan Hunt has always been a character that I've always enjoyed from the '96 Mission Impossible through now, primarily because it's the, I think like John Wood kind of made Ethan Hunt more superhuman than than maybe the other films did. But Ethan Hunt makes mistakes. He gets his ass kicked from time to time. He also loses battles, uh, meaning like the larger mission every now and again. And he just keeps, keeps getting up and, and coming back for more. Uh, and so I appreciate that about him versus, uh, you know, Vin Diesel and Fast X, where he's apparently just always fine, even after, uh, a, you know, giant skyscraper falls and, and stumbles. But um, if that's they don't take away his car, Abe, how is he going to fail? <laughs> I don't, what are you talking about? <laughs> Great point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he's always going to get his car back. Um, so with this movie here, I found it to be immensely entertaining. I, I thought that it was uh, a great movie theater movie to watch. As I, I've seen it twice now, and I, I've seen both in IMAX, and I, I still think that it's very entertaining. I agree that the pacing is very spot on. Um, there is some bloat here, and there is some, I think, some some weird exposition dialogue writing. Um, and I think that maybe some of the characters kind of don't have much to do, even though I enjoy seeing Shea Wiggum on the screen at all times. Um, so it, it's a weird combination of, I can see how this movie is a massive, you know, crowd favorite. But I'm also just curious around, hey... What's gonna be happening in part two? Like what what happens with um like did not that we necessarily didn't need a part two because I, I love to see these movies and I'm curious to see I guess the next stunt. But uh I certainly felt that there are some flaws in here, as there are flaws in all the other movies as well. Um uh, so massive entertaining hit, but I I certainly had some some issues with it here and again that we can get into uh, at a at a later point. Well, I was concerned if I was going to have to dig in my heels as far as what I thought about this movie, in the same way that I dig in my heels saying, Indiana Jones is great. I don't know. I had fun. Um, but this movie, I like it. I need to preface this by saying this is a, it's a fun movie to see in a giant theater. Like It does everything that you want as far as summer blockbusters are concerned. No problem with that. I do think it's a step down from the last three of these. Um, I, I I put it fairly in the middle when it comes to Mission Impossible movies, and it's not without trying. This movie's like going for something. It has ideas on its mind, it has great stunts, it has a lot of things to try and accomplish. I just think I don't know if it's just the nature of you know the lengthy production they had to go on and deadlines they had to meet and what have you, or if the process of McQuarrie kind of doing the script on the spot so to speak in the way that he does it like where it's, it's kind of set pieces first and then <laughs> writing the story second i don't know if that just didn't pay off as well this time around but regardless it was a movie where i was like i'm certainly enjoying the stuff i'm seeing and i do think it's i saw it a second time last night it really is well paid like it's it's incredible how this very long movie knows how to jump from sequence to sequence and like not waste very much time doing so mm -hmm. but i did find issues here and there as far as dialogue and story stuff and things that would seem boring but it's more like if it's if i'm sitting here watching a movie that is certainly you know vastly entertaining yet i'm still like trying to trip over myself figuring out certain things as far as why are we doing this and that and the other 
it's because there's something clicking with me that's not like right and it's like it's not like i'm trying to find the flaws but it's more like i want this to be amazing and yet there's things that are holding me back from it so it's like yeah i there's great things in here i think cruz is doing all the cruisiness that he can in this kind of movie the supporting cast is still a lot of fun with rames and peg and ferguson and all that some of them are abused more than others like i agree with you abe on that front um mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, I think the the entity, the AI villain of this movie, I think there's opportunities there of how to use that that could have been better handled that don't really go that way. And that's one of my main hangups. And then the other stuff is like random nitpicks that I have that we can get into. But like, sure. is this movie doing the job as far as providing a slick summer action film that has wildly excessive stunts like frequently from the the 60 year old star at the center of it yeah it does it's great mm-hmm. it has all of that going for it i just wish it was a little better mm-hmm. so that's where i'm yeah at. i would still rank fallout probably better than this i think you know i i didn't mind the the tone change in this because i think that at a certain point you can't just be like well there's going to be a nuclear explosion that's going to you know change the the foundation of the entire world infrastructure all over again. Like, that just becomes very monotonous. So uh, it does make it interesting that they chose AI. And again, very apt, very apropos. Uh, but I, I kind of, I dug that there was like more humor in this one as well, just because the the previous one, Fallout, was just very serious, which I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, but it was just, it was like, it was kind of a change of pace. It kind of took me a second to get used to its speed. Um, but again, you you have humor that's not just in the uh, the dialogue, but also in the action sequences that you're seeing, including just Haley Atwell just doing donuts, trying to trying to get out of a, a certain you know square <laughs> circle kind of thing. I was like, this is hilarious. Why is nobody laughing? Again, Aaron, another situation where like I'm the only one laughing in the theater. I, like, I hear what you're saying. Like I'm curious because I I've heard this is say like Dead Reckoning being like one of the, like the funniest. And I'm I'm wondering like they all have comedy they do like i if anything i would say ghost protocol is the only one that's like feels like an out and out comedy almost more than an action movie i think like (laughs) so much so much stuff goes wrong in that film it feels like that's like like brad bird was like i'm just i'm in it for the yucks guys like that's my yeah yeah. that one has ghost protocol has the best use of no shit i've ever seen in a movie yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and mission accomplished yeah Yeah, yeah. the mission accomplished (laughs) thing still kills me yeah there's humor in all of them and the fact that they call it back that's what that's what gets me (laughs) that no one's gonna like he's not gonna let that go (laughs) abe i think you were talking about some people falling in and out of this movie Mm -hmm. uh, like shay wiggum and everything um seeming like they were kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. And that was one thing I was picking up on. I I appreciated that this movie, this movie felt like the opera scene in Rogue Nation stretched to an entire movie where I, where that, that opera scene feels like just this perfect intricate scene of, you know, blocking and, you know, placement of characters in relation to one another, you know, and it's just like a masterclass in editing of like, you're never losing track of where every character is. Everyone's doing something in that scene. And it's just like, perfect. And I feel like this film is attempting that with a wider array of characters. And I appreciated that, but I didn't think it worked all the time because there were moments where I was losing track of people mm-hmm. in relation to each other throughout the film, wondering where everyone was. And and it doesn't help, I guess, when everyone is so compelling to watch that you're just that you you instantly forget about the last person especially right. palm palm uh, clementiev who is just like eating the scenery in this movie and then when she's not on screen my immediate thought is like 
where is she? I want to see her again. Sure. And and then, but so I, I did keep forgetting Shea Wiggum and his partner a lot throughout this movie. And there was one moment where I was maybe this maybe this isn't so much a criticism, but a positive to how good the other aspects were. But there was a moment towards the back half of this movie where I thought Vanessa Kirby's acting was so great. And it's a spoiler to say why I, mm-hmm. I would assume, but um, that I lost track of Ethan Hunt and almost when they, when he pops back in, uh, like when it cuts back to his, him, you know, riding along on the motorcycle, I was like, Oh yeah, he's in this movie. Right. Like, and, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because like, I guess the positive of that is like the scene that you're watching is so compelling. And, but you also shouldn't be losing track of your main character, I guess. Well, what I do like I about that is that it, it feels, because yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. What I like about that is it makes it feel like a mission impossible, like the show Mission Impossible as far as, oh yeah, right. there's, yeah. it's not there's about others. one person, it's about right. the team. And exactly. It's a yeah. scenario that, yes, Tom Cruise is literally like outside of the area where most of the other characters we are concerned with need to function at this point. So it's a lot of... Yeah. Let's cut away from Cruise right now and get to the like six central characters that are on this train sequence, sure. yeah. and that's that is that that's a that's a neat way to take it. And it's yeah. and it, I I think that also works in like Philip, you're talking about the big stunt with the motorcycle. I think uh-huh. that works in tandem with that because as an audience, I think there's enough self awareness where the film knows we all know this thing's going to happen. So like right. we see Tom Cruise like riding on a motorcycle going up a, a mountain. And like he doesn't know what's gonna happen, but like we as the audience are sitting there being like, Well, this is gonna lead to that big thing. So I like all mm-hmm. the steps being taken to like basically delay that and also provide more and more context. So by the time we actually get to it, it it leaves more of an impact, I think, than just getting like the highlight reel from the trailer, right. as well as you know, we get the actual end point of what it get what it leaves. Yeah. To. I mean, there's also like a, a double thing that happens in that episode or in that part of the movie as well, right? Mm-hmm. With with Tom Cruise's character. Um so it's kind of like a, a cool little, well, it was, you think that it is this, but it's actually something else. Um, I, I would agree that if you're a Tom Cruise head, which I don't know if all of us here all, all are, like, it's not like we have, you know, posters of Tom Cruise in our wall, you know, smash cut to me having 40,000 posters. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. Yeah. If you're a Tom Cruise head, you're just like, well, I came here to see the star of the movie and we're seeing like this third act uh, because the third act is, it has all all the par- the characters in play. My nice maybe Ving Rames because he has to go and uh, hack uh, secretly. I like I like um, that Ving Rames is a whole exit line plan. Like Ethan, I got to get out of here. I got to yeah, do I know. this thing, and it's going to take all of me. I'll see you in part yeah, exactly. two. Peace. <laughs> but I, I I packed you a speed wagon or whatever. <laughs> yeah, speed, yeah, speed wagon. Yeah. That's yeah. What I, I gotta say though, I did love the Ving Rames. Uh, like I thought he like him and Simon Pegg like I love their roles in this and kind of how uh like back to basics they kind of got because uh I mean well there's the whole Henry's or anything too yeah, that uh it, you know it's kind of take it back to the first one but um but you know Ving Rhames has been there and then like his conversation with Ethan about like don't kill Gabriel or whatever yeah um I thought that was like I was like yes Ving Rhames is like he's been here forever and then and they zero in on like that connection between them two and stuff and right. it is really funny like uh like uh like abe like you were saying and everything <clears throat> yeah, yeah it, it certainly that. has become something where he's become ving rames is really like he's become like, the glassy-eyed heart comfort? of the franchise yeah <laughs> like, exactly it's, it's like very cool because he thing? started he started out as like the cool guy that knows how to hack and then he became like yeah. oh the best friend and then he's just like funny <laughs> support and now he's like 
Ethan, I'm going to talk to you very seriously for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you your keep wife in mind the and mission. I you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it's, dur- and it's like... during his hat phase that began in, in yeah. five. So I'm like, I'm all into this. Like everything about this is great. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I did not know until after I saw the movie that Nicholas Holt was supposed to play the Isai Morales role, and I just want right. to say, like, that's oh who he was supposed to play. Nicholas I did Holt, not know yeah. this at all. I, 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 you know, all respect to Nicholas Holt, but I'm really glad Isai Morales is in a movie like this and gets oh, a hundred percent. I don't know how it yeah. works, given what he's supposed to be. Like Nicholas, yeah, Holt's like, he's like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> I know. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, that I, I was like, what? It was so weird when I found that out. But um, yeah. no, I, Abe, I wanted to say to your point about the the kind of the the comedy of it and everything, yeah. um, and kind of like the point of Tom Cruise not being on screen for long stretches of of this. But the moment like there was that meeting near the beginning with all the you know uh, the government heads and stuff when Rob Delaney showed up, right. I was like, okay, yeah. So the, the audience erupted laughter at the at the press greeting I had when it was yeah. like because at first it's like like charles parnell from top gun and Indira <laughs> right. varma and like mark gatiss and I'm like mark okay, gatiss like, from like <laughs> sherlock writing but it's fame, like these yeah. are like okay i could buy this as whatever this organization is supposed to be and then it's like rob delaney steps yeah. like wait a minute hold on <laughs> and i love that he like it just the way he played all those like very serious lines and everything right. and it was like it just like let me know that like they they kind of knew what they were doing as far yeah. as how outlandish and ridiculous yeah. it is and uh just kind of how preposterous the whole you know the whole thing of these movies right. is yeah. it's just that they have him say that i was like okay cool so i, I was get glad that this. they that they that they basically really stepped into sort of like the imf itself and maybe even like the ridiculous premise that it is because they're just like is it the international international monetary fund no it's the imf <laughs> and then what is this what does it stand for impossible mission force he says with a straight face right. and then everyone's just like don't say that out loud <laughs> and then he goes into like well, what happens? Like, well, it's exactly Rob Delaney gets the lines like, well, it's exactly what it says. Like, when none of us can do it, <laughs> then these people can. And so I, I'm, glad, I'm glad that they kind of just went full force into, yes, uh, we can talk about this movie. We talk about this entire scenario as as ridiculous, but hey, man, it's it's sure as hell entertaining. I think the other thing about that, um, there's a lot of callbacks to De Palma's stuff, so including Dutch angles and what have you, but. I really like that this movie, and Aaron, we can get into some of the criticisms of, I think you and I were sort of getting along with some of the dialogue and the exposition stuff, but I think what I liked about the the feel of this movie is that it kind of got back to espionage um, and okay. how it got back to like multi-governmental espionage, but also double-crossing, uh-huh. maybe double-crossings, I don't know, yet. Um, so I, I, I like that about it uh, and how it wasn't just like, again, as the facts, the fast X series has continued to go on, just like larger stunts, more things like we've got to save the world. Yada, yada. It's like, this is like, well, we we're saving the world also, but also there's like a lot of like, you know, spy stuff that's happening here. And I really like that aspect of this movie as well. Uh, Abe, I mean, they had to go infiltrate Pete Davidson's coffee shop for internet that's, purposes. That's right. The only hacker in like, uh, in London, where, in London. Was. Yeah. Right, so I don't know what you're talking about more espionage and what and not the other here, but <laughs> I'm still, still confused by Tyrese's bit in that whole portion. Of that oh, where you Tosses He's the chalk in the air. Glitter? Yeah, what is yeah, that? Yeah. Was this LeBron oh, chalk or whatever? Oh, it was LeBron chalk. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Okay. We're saying all this, and that's a movie I like. But regardless, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, the Fast 10 comparisons are definitely there. Well, yeah. I mean, if it, 
here's the thing. All of the action in this movie I've seen in the other like three giant action movies this summer or this year between <laughs> right. between right. John Wick, Fast, and Indy. I've seen all of this stuff done already. So it's sure. it's a testament to mostly to a testament to how good Macquarie's at staging these things that I don't mind that with right. one exception we'll get to. Um, I, I I really loved the this, you know, I don't want to reveal, you know, exactly what is what it is, but there's a train sequence at the end that felt so long, similar to the John Wick staircase scene uh-huh, yeah. that that it it goes from like, is this ever going to end to circling back around to, oh, this is incredible. I love yeah. that this is still going. Second, my second favorite set piece of the movie. Yeah, yeah, so... that, it's just it's, it rolls. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about it because I I want it to rule more. Is my take? Yeah, on I hear sequence. you. Yeah. I yeah. think it is such a great idea for any any trains are cool like in action movies because there's so many there's so. There, you could be above them, you could be below the side of them, you could be inside of them. Like that's a, that's a really cool mm-hmm. way to like stage action. Children could be powering them. Any, yeah, whatever, any number Snow of things. Piercer. I, I got it. <laughs> um, Just in case you were that think that I was like really pro child child, child, child train labor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think this is such a cool idea for a sequence, and right. it's annoying to me that my mind was being like this doesn't look real i hate saying that in general because it's a movie (laughs) none of it's real i hate even thinking that those words are coming out of my mouth right now that i'm saying this doesn't look real and yet i i get the crews and atwell and whoever else are like on wires or never like they're doing stunts like there's stuff being happening right but whether it's just the limitations the the limitations yeah the limitations of how you can see a train derail (laughs) <laughs> or you know if i don't know again if covid was a factor or, like they have all the money i don't know but like it just felt a little too cg for a series that relies heavily on masking that not that it's I not, wanted... not that it's not that it's not present it's certainly present because that's impossible to make these movies not cg but it certainly feels i like you said abe i can see the scenes more than yeah i'm normally comfortable with in this series yeah I, I, I feel of, the same way, which is why it's my second favorite set piece of the movie. Brandon? Well, this kind of ties into a, a question I was going to ask you guys. Sure. And, you know, I'm not a film purist, but how much of that do you think ties into this being the first digital one? Because... Was Fallout not digital? I don't think it was, no. Oh, okay. I, they did use yeah. IMAX cameras, I guess. Um, yeah. The, this, uh, I think, because there, there's been a lot been made that this is the first one shot. Well, maybe Fallout was a little digital, but I think this is the first one entirely one. shot di- digitally. Got it. And... And I've seen a lot of complaints about that. I think it, in it unintentionally it works thematically with what the you know the entity and everything like that. And I think it would be it would be pretty brilliant if eight is shot on film. If they go back, like I don't know, I think that'd be a fun Fascinating. little. That's a yeah. That's another that's another thing we can get into as far as the AI is concerned. Like, and yeah. I I can res- I can humor the idea of we're making deliberate choices to reflect the thematics of a film, but that also seems like giving a lot of credit. Right. I don't think it was to multi-hundred million dollar movies for not looking as good as they could. Yeah. Um, Well, that's, that's what I was going to say is I'm wondering how much of the digital photography hurts the look of that set piece, because it took me a while to get into the look of this movie, especially after seeing the other ones so close in succession to this all in a row. I think rogue nation looks incredible. And mm -hmm. this I settled into it pretty well, but I will say that opening submarine scene I thought looked terrible, and it wasn't like, the best. I, I agree. Yeah, and and it was like really jarring at first. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And so I do see where you're coming from with that end set piece, and I'm wondering how much of that is being able to see the seams more with digital because there's close-ups in this movie where you see like everybody's pores on their face, and you're just like, "Whoa, like this is this is like a little." It, there's like a weird like 
jarring effect the look of this movie has and i just wondered i i'm not smart enough to know how much of that would be no, because of i hear i hear you and like part of the reason i want to see it a second time beyond the fact that it's fun and why not i'll see it again it you know see it again after this probably it's right after. i i, I want um i what i like so much about rogue nation and fallout is since this has been a you know it used to be a series where it was you know let's see what each new director has to bring to this franchise and before right. i stayed on obviously for the last two so i was wondering so i what i liked about those two in tandem with each other is mccory basically traded in his whole crew cinematographer um, composer editor etc to make it appear as if even though it's still him directing it feels like a different movie than rogue nation fallout feels like different than the movie than rogue nation does mm-hmm. yes that yeah. i was very i was very curious what he was going to do this time around since he's you know back again directing and i don't think there it's that it's, it's nearly as discernible as it was the first right. time he did that which yeah i don't I necessarily agree. think is a problem but because it's like okay franchise if i can deal with 20 marvel movies looking the same i can deal with one mission impossible movie not like wild <laughs> wildly changing it up right but yes i mean when you're talking about like the idea of yeah using digital for the first time and having feel things that feel like more like echoes of a previous entry like again it yeah it stands out in a way that it's not distressing but it's more of why is this not registering higher in my sure, mind yeah. than it does yeah and, yeah and brandon i think you're talking about something that is I think what all of us are sort of mentioning to some degree, which is, you know, in the opening sequence with the cold open of the submarine, like I found that to be a pretty engaging sequence. I very reminiscent of like nineties movies and, you know, submarine films, you don't have enough of them, but I also agree agree with that. There are like things that you can see, whether it's movie making wise or, you know, in the editing room or what have you, that just, it doesn't make it like a hundred percent solid, you know? So that's where it, I still fall off on, it's an entertaining movie, but there are certainly things that you could point out and say, you know, Fallout did this better, or even like Mission Impossible One did this better, or what have you, right? You know, there, there's nitpicks here and there, and that's what's kind of holding back from I think being just like building on itself from um, uh, Rogue Nation into Fallout into Dead Reckoning Part One. If we're on the action front, speaking of which, yes, uh, hey, what's what is your favorite set piece in this movie? My favorite set piece is the Venice set piece um like specifically the, chase, the night chase yep yeah and oh. that actually adds in with what philip was talking about with the the music in this movie because you could really hear like a drum line in this movie um and when they're adding that to uh the chasing because i think that that really helps solidify how uh how not the manifestation of the entity is here like with with uh gabriel I was gonna call him Sebastian for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> with Gabriel. But it also I like his solidify... song, so I mean I get it. <laughs> but it also <laughs> helps solidify just um, how all these people are sort of like fitting into this movie. Because uh, at a certain point, Haley Atwell is just there as a thief, um, and she kind of just that's all of her background. She's not a she's not an international spy. She's not a killer. She's just a thief. Um, and then all of a sudden, like the stakes kind of get raised in that Venice sequence because that's like a nice, nice uh, culmination of all the pieces that were here, which I had problems with, you know, here and again with exposition or even like with screen time or what have you. And kind of just like rolling up into one. It was like, well, they, they usually some movies will hold back and say like, well, you're not going to meet Gabriel until the last act of this movie. It's like, well, no, you're going to meet him here because you guys already know who he is and he's going to explain to you uh, what he's doing. And now, all of a sudden, uh, there's sticks on the table that will lead into the third act. I, <clears throat> as far as like the action of that sequence is concerned, I agree. As far as the 
as far as everything. I mean, it's a really well put together sequence that has an ending that I found to be a little inevitable as far as where mm-hmm. it was heading, but I still was engaged by it. And things like that, like narrow alley fight with him and Palm at Paris and, um, yeah. you know, henchman third, number five. Yeah, henchman oh, number that five. One, that, that one frustrated me a little bit, the, really? the, the fight. I wanted... It might the choreography is excellent, and I will say not to sound like a lech, but like the to die the way that he almost does in that scene would be a great way to go with with uh <laughs> Paris, you know, the way Golden Eye, yeah. yeah. There, there's a there's a shot like again, I, I hate sounding this way, but there's a shot of her abs in that scene where you're just like, This is ridiculous, come on, guys. <laughs> I like, noticed that on the second watch, yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I just I didn't like the coverage of that that scene. Sure. I don't know what it was, but I just that's a minor. It's hard to fit a camera. In there. That's why. That's true. True. Yeah, that's true. Let alone, I, I mean, gonna, try, yeah. think of trying to film that on film. True. Oh, yeah, that'd yeah, be crazy. That, yeah. that would be uh, probably impossible. That would be a mission impossible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have to but, leave word for somebody else yeah. to film it. I think right now, I'm, I'm going to get back to you in a second on that because I have I have a, a few thoughts on that too. But but I think I'm with you that the whole. Uh, my my favorite set piece is towards the middle of the movie with the Rome chase. I I was like watching that a little bit, thinking of my boy Michael Bay and Six Underground, and just uh, <laughs> saying Macquarie is a man of taste. And, uh, and um, but no, but I I love that whole set piece. I mean, of course the the base jump is what you're there for, and I and you know we've seen it so many times in promotional stuff, and you know the uh, I think see I saw that before Way of Water. I think was the first time I saw that little behind the scenes video, and yeah. like. And it's just that's been stuck in my head forever. How is this going to look on screen? And it does really work. I mean, my my theater went dead silent. Yeah, when that my, happened. Well, it, I had yeah. I heard gasps in my audience. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, th- that that's an incredible set piece. But I mean, in terms of favorite, I definitely think I'm with you, uh, Abe. That I I loved just everything going on in the middle of the film, which is a yeah. multitude of set pieces. But that's where I was most engaged. I think. Yeah, Lauren Balfe deserves plenty of credit as the composer for the past oh, for, for this sure. Fallout. At this point, yeah. like is, the the work there, like really shines as far as basically what it seems like deconstructing the Mission Impossible theme and like using it in different ways to emphasize stuff, which absolutely really works. Yeah. Philip, how about you? Do you have a favorite set piece in this movie? I actually like I, I I agree like that whole middle section is great, but I I did actually specifically love the um the alley fight just because it felt so uh, claustrophobic and everything and just uh, the intensity of it and I did like how it tied uh, the Paris character um and the decision that's made there and how that pays off and everything I appreciated that and everything um, but yeah. maybe that does have something to do with what you guys are talking about because um. As, uh, like I did, I loved the the train car sequence at the end. It was like, like you said, Aaron. Great, it's just a great idea, a great premise for, um, especially at the end of the movie like that. Um, but you could see, you could see the, you know, where they kind of had to fake it a little bit, and um, and yeah, those that 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 alleyway fight just felt so, you know, uh, visceral is such a critic word to use, but it, you know, it, 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 <laughs> was. A, it applies. It was like, I mean, like, it, it does. It, it yeah. Was so, it, I, I just I, I like that was the one where I was like I felt it the most like I was in right. it the most and everything and so I just uh, I mean the whole thing I mean you know Rebecca Ferguson with the sword awesome yeah. I love it yeah. and the music to that it was great uh, right. again loved get, seeing Isai Morales get that kind of uh, you know like just opportunity to play that type of character and and the way he kind of 
did he almost like look like he was trying to like do a like a side dance step there at one point? Did y'all yeah, notice? That? I, I noticed yeah. that too. Yeah, he's like a, yeah. 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 a slick guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. Uh it made me chuckle a little bit, but I was like, I was I was cool with it. But um, yeah, no, I, I did love all that. But when it got to that that alleyway and, and the gate shut on either end, I was like, Yes, okay, great. I love right. this. Uh but that was uh, that was my favorite part. To not sound action. To not sound completely critical of that alleyway fight, I did love. You said visceral. I, that's a. I mean, I, I guess you know not to sound like a critic word either, but I mean it's the perfect way to describe it. And I think some of my favorite moments throughout the series are when the hand to hand fights become so brutal like that, where you can feel the punches and everything. There's Bathroom like a fight. quick, yeah, that one, and yeah. then there's like a really quick one that's been stuck in my mind all week in uh, Ghost Protocol. It's like it doesn't even last two minutes, I don't think. But Paula Patton and Leia Seydoux have a oh, great yeah. fight together, where right, Paula yeah. Patton just like kicks the shit out of her, and it's like right. you you feel it. And it's like I think this these movies always do really well when they lean into the hand to hand stuff like that. And they're generally well, always dressed fancy because they're always like, yeah. at, at yeah. some kind of occasion. Really they're always at some kind of occasion. It. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> it makes you think that you could also fight in a in a three piece suit. Uh, exactly. But <laughs> the the thing that I was gonna say earlier, uh, Brandon, which I I agree with you that maybe some of the shots are, uh, you know, I talk about editing all this. Aaron and I talk about like film editing for action sequences all the time. Um. So again, this is where my my uh, drawing into John Wick four just. The choreography there and also the way that they those stunt guys have shot the hell out of that movie you're just like yeah i can see everything clearly and i can feel all these punches like this is not like, you could feel things you know you guys mentioned them visceral and it's also very tension filled but yeah it wasn't my favorite in terms of like of the the cutting and editing and even some of the choreography like on the bridge with elsa and um and gabriel not my favorite but again it's it's suitable just from the standpoint of i think that there's uh it's Ethan running through Venice, uh, not just like in one shot of him running down a hallway. I think there's at least like five shots of him running down a hallway, you know, or an alleyway. <laughs> they they um, they yeah. went to Venice. They're like, just go, just go. We'll start filming stuff. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, yeah. Make, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And so it, <laughs> we'll just have Benji speak to you over a headphone. You'll figure it out. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, all that adds to it, which is like, hey, it's not just his, like yes, Ethan is running toward a goal of his. But it's not uh, one cut, and then all of a sudden you get to like Gabriel fighting, you know, uh, two women kind of thing. It's it's just a pretty long running sequence, and then he gets caught up, and you're just like, he doesn't have time for this, you know, like he's got to get to this bridge to stop whatever's going to happen to happening, and uh, then he's got to fight these two people, and that takes a while too, and there's just a lot to it. So, um, uh, hey, again, all this to say is that it's a cool, fun, like you feel it you're in it you're you're rooting for everybody in it and then all of a sudden you start thinking about it's like yeah editing here is a little bit weird um and nope. maybe like the cut here is a little bit off but you know it still is a, an entertaining piece yeah i was gonna say hey tom is 61 now he needs you to know he can still <laughs> run with the best okay? Incre- i know i thought about that i was like incredible this guy is like like sprinting he's he's full on when he, when it just like crossfaded him running on top of the airport i was like yeah that was funny yeah, that's, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know for all the stuff we're talking about as far as editing and shots go there are a lot of good shots of people arriving and stuff in the background that like takes timing like i know it's not you know yeah. the most the most intense set of work to do but there's like there's just cool stuff like that that happens pretty constantly throughout this movie oh, yeah. as far as yeah let's get a to b in one shot so we don't mm-hmm. have to like you know do it yeah. different ways and edit stuff together so it's, it's one of come, one of my favorites that you're i'm glad you brought that up because it's one that i keep thinking about it's so tiny it, it's like 
barely five seconds, but there's like a really great shot from beneath uh, Tom Cruise. I forget what he's even looking at. He's looking at like a GPS or something. And Haley Atwell just like floats into frame behind him. Yeah. And like to like look at what he's looking at. And it's just a great little like, I don't know, just little stuff like that. Yeah. He's getting the safe car. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that little moment. It's just like little stuff like that is just like oh yeah there's like there's artists at work here yeah, well, I was yeah glad, a way to phrase it. brandon i was glad you mentioned the um the orchestra sequence and the editing and that in rogue nation because the the whole airport sequence the editing that kind of reminded me of that as far as like logistics and where everybody yeah. was at and moving and everything like i love that whole uh you know it did it wasn't that the editing stood out to me it was just like man that it's so it was just like this is so well done because you were right. There's so much going on and so many moving pieces and everything. And I just and the 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 tension of it was still held the entire time. So I was just like, man, that's really, really impressive. I I really we also that. just get a hand for everybody like actually shooting on location. You know, like I think that really <laughs> adds to the, oh, the tension and, like, and, and yeah. really just you know giving it a, a personality. Because yeah. again, I don't want to bring up Fast X all the time, but Fast X is also in Rome. And you're just like, that's not Dominic standing in front of the Coliseum. So, but these See, guys what? actually shot on location in different places, and that really adds to the adventure of this movie. The, not, so that actually to, goes to they, what they, we talked about with They Indy. went to Rome. You keep wanting to bag on Fast X, and it's like, why? What? They did go to Rome. It just doesn't – you can definitely see – They used the that, same steps that they drive down at one point in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Some of did. it just looks terrible. Yeah. But not, no, not but, to always not to always bring it back to my brand of uh being a, a patriot for Michael Bay, but uh uh-huh. but he I that's a one thing I love about him is you know he every every movie of his he's always on location. God I love him for that, you know. Yeah. One of the last th- this series and him are like the the last gasps of that, it feels like. Sure. Yeah, no, there, there are plenty of terrible action movies where they don't go anywhere else. <laughs> There's examples that are out there. Brandon, you're watching a lot of directed TV ones, too. So, you know. Actually, they go a lot of plate, which is surprising. They, it's great because it's cheaper to film there. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, <laughs> but uh, it, well, speaking of like not going anywhere, like in, in Haley Atwell, I, I think she just said in an interview very recently that uh, it kind of confirmed what everyone said that John Krasinski was never on set with her for Doctor Strange, which I, but I, I think watching that movie, yeah. you can kind of tell yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about I this kind that... of thing like yeah ant-man is a cartoon i mean there's no <laughs> still <laughs> having nowhere. still happy with that yeah. one yeah uh, speaking <laughs> of which you know Haley Atwell is brought into this franchise yeah what'd you guys think of her so i thought she was great I, yeah i do not disagree that she has the right energy for this series like mm-hmm. it, it her her as an actress you know as a performer works for this film I'm not a fan of how she's written. <laughs> like, that's that's exactly her, her my background complaint. or her dialogue. Mainly the bat. It's more of her function in the story feels yes, exactly. rarely. I... It feels rarely motivated by this is something I expect this character to do, and more motivated by the plot needs this to happen right now. Okay, and yeah, yeah. that I'm... bugged me multiple times. I'm yeah. less. I'm less there with you on that, and more. I'm not. I, I want to see how this resolves, and I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm not super into her function in this movie as it relates to somebody else. I I agree there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that's I, yes. Yeah, I think again, I don't think what we saw is how it's going to resolve. I don't think they're that stupid unless unless for whatever reason someone was unwilling to come back for eight. But I I think <laughs> it it's it feels a little 
cheap to me how mm-hmm. how she functions in this movie as much as i love her performance it, it's very it's a very it was it felt like a rare misstep for this series and in introducing somebody at at the expense of somebody else well mm-hmm. right. my my issue is also because i yes i do have to give the idea that part two might add some depth to some of this stuff but that's it's still a, this is still one movie. I have to judge right. that movie. And I'll, right. and I even go as far as to say I think this is a pretty solid beginning, middle, and end movie. I despite the mm-hmm. fact that it is only part one, I think it right. functions as a proper standalone film. That said, yeah, there is given how <laughs> ambiguous Ethan Hunt is as a person outside of I'm on a mission and this is what I have to do and I'm very devoted to doing that thing. When it comes to his relationship with people. I, I, I'm not sure what the movie's trying to communicate with me as far as him and Grace is concerned. And I'm curious if this next film has more it wants to say about that or if it's, I don't, I don't know what direction it wants. To. I don't, I don't think the movie gives me enough in that regard yeah. either. Yeah. You bring something up, which I, I had a larger problem with uh, the first time, but I also kind of saw more hints of it the second time. Second time, I kind of just watched it more for like audience reaction and also just for the action sequences. That's where you bring out your portable chair and you sit facing the audience most of the way. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I whip it out. Just I whip it out. Oh, no. <laughs> that really gets Don't the feeling at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I take out my lawn chair. <laughs> no, but um, so they kind of retcon, maybe not retcon, but they, they add more detail into Ethan Hunt's backstory, mm-hmm. which... Well, they, they, I don't yeah. know how I feel about. Oh, we're, we're uh, gonna talk about this too. Yes, <laughs> go on. Yeah, which I don't know how I feel about, it just because uh, when you're adding that kind of stuff, and then you're kind of just saying like, "Well, it's it's always been the IMF has been founded because of these reasons and these kinds of people." Um, then that kind of adds to yes, the Haley Atwell character toward the third act of this movie. But I I, uh, I certainly had some. Well, I think it was kind of cooler when I didn't know that much about this person who I thought was just like this guy who might have been like recruited out of high school from the cia or what have you and then he just he was in the next room over from will smith and the mib exactly yeah yeah you know yeah and and not only that but it doesn't and and again there's still a whole nother movie to come and i agree with you uh aaron just really quickly that i do feel like out of there it seems to be the year of part two part one part twos i Uh do think this this i mean i haven't seen fast x but i've heard that 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 one it's the yeah. least successful in ending one part to smoothly transition to the next part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I feel like this, from the ones I've seen, plus what I've heard about Fast X, I feel like this is the most its own movie. And if for whatever reason we didn't get an eight, I would be frustrated. But I think that this is satisfying enough that it's like fine. Yeah, sure. But I will say, again, probably going to have more of this in part two. But I feel like the additions to his backstory amounted to almost nothing in this movie. They yeah. did it, and it, but it felt it kept feeling like it was going to. So yeah, it's exactly. like I have yeah. to assume that two will do that. But like, for yeah. instance, there is someone dies in this backstory, and the image of that person we see, I feel like is supposed to resemble Grace. Like I feel like it's supposed to get like get the oh, idea across that like he thinks of that when he sees her because I, I feel like they have a similar look to them. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know if that's supposed to mean something more. Or that's just how they cast it, and also. I'm pretty happy that we didn't have like DH Tom Cruise around either. I was like, I feel like, yeah, they just used shadow work. I I think we got away with that pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) It also helps that he like looks like he's like 40, but yeah. But here's the other thing the IMF, if we want to talk about retconning, yeah. This movie makes it sound like a cult. Like, I I don't, I don't understand this organization anymore because like 
the first movie, the first couple movies, it's like a government organization. Like it seems pretty yeah. standard. They might not answer to the same people, but it still seems like it has all checks and balances or what have you. The third movie, he's quit. So it's like, I don't even know what to think of that. Like he quit the IMF. <laughs> so it's like, what, what is this new version of it now where you're you're IMF for life and if you're in it then like you have your your leader Tom Cruise who will always protect you it just seems like a weird death cult like that's the impression I got from the IMF maybe maybe this is how he's he's uh slowly going to inoculate all of us into Scientology and we don't I mean I'm not (laughs) denying that at this point given the way this movie functions it was just weird like there's a lot of devotion to the cause of the IMF this time around as opposed to it just being this you know, MI7, like, you know, yeah, like a branch of like, exactly a branch of like the CIA that nobody knows about. Yeah. Now it's just like, wait, what's the, like, are there, are there blood sacrifices too? Like, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Who knows? That's one thing I, I'm, I'm always kind of. Bing Rames and Benji turn up in like robes at some point (laughs) and like have candles. Like, here we go. Let's do the opening ceremonies. I'm always kind of lost at, at people's relation to one another or government organizations relations to one another in these movies. Like who's leading who I'm always just kind of like, I I don't really know who, who is like in charge here, but that's fine. Like Rogue Rogue Nation, they shut the IMF down. because like, ah, we can't deal with this anymore. And now in this movie, (laughs) like, wait a minute, there's something called the IMF says Carrie. Yeah. That's the part that threw me off the most. It it doesn't, it's, it's, I don't necessarily need a ton of consistency through these movies. They're very clearly like different entries and whatnot, but it's also like, you're trying to establish some kind of continuity, clearly, but sure, it also yeah. is it rings weird when Tom Cruise is looking at Grace in the most serious way possible and saying, I'll always care for you. I'm like, all right, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Your geez. life will always matter more than mine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you think uh, he did that part... to the DoorDash guy? <laughs> <laughs> he does that all the time. Apparently, the way when he shakes hands with you, which I've never shaken 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 hands with Tom Cruise or any other celebrity. He like says your name a lot of times so yeah, that so you feel yeah. like you uh, are are there with him. And also, again, it just builds like a sense of like, well, I know Tom Cruise now. Yeah, my but, um, my friend Sid Hunt just met him at the premiere uh, when it, where, whenever that was, obviously uh-huh. before strike and everything, um, and said that he was walking around meeting like over 100 people in, in this whole setting. And he said he really does. He spends significant amount of time with you and each other right. person looking you in the eyes talking to you as if like yeah. he's known you his entire life like he's i don't know i i he's something's going on like yeah i, I do like i don't know he's, he's, he's trying to get you to join the mf i but, mean yeah. it yeah. to the idea that these movies especially since three and onward maybe two and honestly all of them actually honestly like they've ethan hunt tends to be a reflection of tom cruise his career in general like there's sure. there's something yeah. there that makes it very it makes it unique as far as an action franchise is concerned i think that also helps out with mccory helping to co-write these he's got a lot of ideas that for he sure on screen as well and so it's it, <laughs> watching you know rogue nation to fallout have such a specific idea of what ethan hunt represents that alec baldwin can't wait to tell you about and this movie <laughs> without having that aspect it comes down to Shea Wiggum being like he's a fucking vampire, essentially. <laughs> it's yeah, like, you right. gotta kill him with That's like a such a great line. Stuff, that, that is, yeah, yeah, it's manifestation of uh, destiny levels of like so silly but incredible. <laughs> right, Shea Wiggum, by the way, Abe, you mentioned him by, like popping up and then kind of being forgotten or what have you. He's basically like John Hamm as a cop in any movie, like in the That's, town, especially yeah. where he's like he's <laughs> seemingly smart, but he cannot catch this guy whatsoever. Like he cannot you know, do his job. When he's running through the airport in Abu Dhabi, and I was like, uh, he's doing his best uh, 
he's doing his best Tommy Lee Jones here, fugitive style, you know. At least, um, at least, at least Tommy Lee Jones gets results. <laughs> he does, and also he's like, you know, uh, even but, if he doesn't yeah. catch Harrison Ford, he's oh, yeah. still like getting leads. He's getting forward in the case or what have you. This guy's like barely competent. He's just grabbing faces, being like, "Is that a mask?" I don't know. <laughs> which, One, are, which are admittedly uh, funny, but also like a, a huge like jurisdiction problem. <laughs> One thing that's sort of dawning on me, like t- in talking about all of this, is I think the Haley Atwell thing bumps for me as much as it does in terms of how she's written. Mm-hmm. I think they're introducing her similarly to how they introduced Elsa Faust in, in five as a potential romantic interest. But I think okay. I don't, they have terrific chemistry in this movie. They, they, they're like incredible together, yeah. uh, Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell. But what I think is missing is that Ilsa represents like almost a female version of Ethan, somebody so in, yeah. like just, just as insane as he is. And I don't, I never quite got that from Grace and I didn't quite understand what the mutual attraction was other than both of these people are hot. It was, it was a little, now that you're saying that in the moment I was all wrapped up in it, but like the longer it sits, the more it's like, why do they care about each other so much? That's the thing. Cause I agree with you. Like it's, (laughs) I I get, if you, you can't just make it another Ilsa cause that's weird. Like I like that she's a terrible driver and can't do stunts and she like kind of fight. Like I like that she's not qualified like Ilsa right. is so it makes her a different character but I did yeah. but that's where my question is like so who is this person like what yeah. what is what is this leading right. to so it's like yeah. I hope part two result I assume part two will resolve that to some capacity you would think but it but the film's giving mixed messages because like is he romantic is it a brother sister thing is it a father daughter thing I don't know I don't know what yeah, mentor mentee wants. thing um I think the other thing that's also fascinating about this that they kind of just openly say is like hey man Ethan Hunt gets all of his women killed so you are in a terrible position and that actually adds to a nice, like, you know, what should I be doing here? Like a thing. But I glad, I'm glad that they kind of just explicitly say, like, Ethan Hunt is his track record with all of his compatriots and especially like female leads don't really end up well. So, Haley Atwell, you're going to have to decide later if you're going to be on my side or your side, which leads me to the next question, which wait, is. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. I challenge this notion. Who act? The whole thing of Ethan is he doesn't let his team die. He Who doesn't. dies in his team? Like what? Women die. Well, his wife's still well, out in, there. In <laughs> the beginning, yeah, his his partner that, dies. Yeah. No, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the, the the first movie. That's the Everybody that's the dies. that's the impetus for him never letting his team die again. Like Proof, that's what yeah. stops him. I mean, who, who else died? Like I don't I don't know. Like, well, <laughs> I forget if Fanny Newton dies. Oh, no, she doesn't. Just... They went off no, together. No, she does Yeah, they... <laughs> they're together. But she's not a spy. Yeah. He did that... fall in love with her after like six hours, though, which doesn't bode well for the whole Haley Atwell thing. And they had a beautiful that. like car romantic uh, thing. They certainly, all, all of his female characters, they get into scrapes together because that's the kind of life he lives. <laughs> yeah. But Harry like... Russell, unfortunately, doesn't make it. Um, I'm trying to I think mean, like. They kind of hit hint pretty heavily john lark and uh the white widow got it on so they um, did yeah we don't know what vanessa Kir- or what's gonna happen to vanessa kirby yet, so we'll see right i don't know who knows but uh this, this does go into my other question of well isa morales is also in this movie i think that he doesn't have a lot to do and i think that he's kind of like uh excess baggage uh in this movie but i'm curious more. what you guys think uh yeah i really liked him I think, I mean, and that's more to do with his performance. He, he's, but I, it's, it's weird as much of a complete movie as I think this is, I do think this is the problem with making part one, part two kind of movies is that it is a little unfulfilling 
in some ways to watch something and not quite know the full motivations of somebody and then telling yourself, oh, this will resolve in the next one. And it's like, but it still should be a complete movie. And he's someone who I'm not quite sure he he's like involved. This isn't really like a spoiler, but he's involved in Ethan's backstory in some way. And I don't. And and of course, we'll probably go into that more in the next one. But as its own movie, it's a little bit a little bit unfulfilling as to why he's doing what he's doing, other than like he's wants to bring about, you know, he's part of a death cult with he's part of an AI death cult, I guess. But (laughs) but, challenge um, the IMF death cult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but I I really liked him, though, like I Mm -hmm. a little unsure of his motivation, but uh, but but love the performance. I agree with you. I, I do think like another movie will give presumably give more to him. I do appreciate that McQuarrie once again is like, let me cast somebody I just like as a presence as opposed to let me get a giant star name. So it's like yeah. that and Sean Harris. It's like, that's neat. That is neat to me right. to see Ace Morales as the main villain of a Mission Impossible movie. That's that's something that's unexpected. I will say the funniest shot in this movie might be of Isabel is getting out of like a container where he's wearing a mask to breathe, <laughs> but like with but with the mask is like the entities there too, as if like they're buddies. Like it's just like, such a weird shot. I was actually thinking he's actually playing movies for him to keep him entertained. Like I brought my pal, the entity. <laughs> I, I love how smooth talking he is and everything, and how suave he looks and every, mm-hmm. but but he's such a goofy. He has such a goofy presence that I really love. Like he has a full on Shatner and Wrath of Khan moment in this. That's incredible. Yeah. You should have said Richie instead. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, yeah, I look forward to seeing him more, I guess. I would, like, I, I, you know, we could talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman all day, but this isn't really a series that where the villains are, like, the thing to, you know, no one's like, oh, man, DeGray Scott was so great in MI2. It's... (laughs) it's, Speaking of Hoffman, there's, uh, because he has... Um, that scene in in three with you know the acting as Tom Cruise like some of the best mask acting in uh-huh. in this whole series. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but this one I think has a scene which you know to give it away would be spoiling. This has an incredible scene of mask acting that almost for the first time in this series almost like I I started to see the person under the mask's face in this performance, which sure. was like really blew me away because the person doing the acting is someone who I've liked but never been really sold on and this sold me on them completely I was pretty blown away by that scene so yeah this is like top tier mask acting in this movie I, I'm not going to try to take down your thoughts on that because I agree that the acting is really good but I have one <laughs> issue with it oh I think I know what your issue is I think it, I know what yeah, your issue is yeah <laughs> something, something physical you, you have a brother who knows you very well yeah, okay yeah. you have a man <laughs> yeah. that also seems to know you from childhood if right. your eyes right. suddenly changed color <laughs> would it be like oh your yeah. face looks a little weird you wouldn't you would not you. acknowledge this at all <laughs> that yeah kind of, and it's like you. does the movie think i'm dumb that i need this in order to understand <laughs> like i don't understand what was happening I do think I do think it tips its hand a little bit sometimes like the brother definitely feels like something's up but he can't quite put his finger on it but I do think that that is funny that like I don't know in a world where masks masks are a commonplace thing in their profession (laughs) you have (laughs) one agent whose job is literally pulling faces yeah (laughs) yeah that that is that was a funny little bit of uh like what's happening but but I but I, but I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yes, the performance of these scenes and what's going on in the context of those scenes. Right. I agree. It's very, it's really strong stuff. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Including Vanessa Kirby just being like having to, you know, sleep. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> Good drowsy acting. That's for sure. Yeah, right, right, right. V- very often not seen on screen. <laughs> anything else? Anything else? We talked about this movie yeah. for a while now. <laughs> Any oh, other no, I think I think I got it all out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to echo something that Philip said earlier, which, uh, you know, the audience stuff. So, again, on second watch, I like watching the audience. Um, sound design in here is, like, really good, especially in the free fall part. Uh, the part where he opens his parachute, people were, like, jumping in their seats, which I really appreciated. It's got some cool, like, yeah. whip pan type stuff going on as far as I Now he does this. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one thing I, I forgot to mention: the AI. <laughs> you know, this massive. Oh, the large, the large issue. Yeah, the yeah. large issue and massive <laughs> theme that's affecting our actual reality right, right, currently. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon, you mentioned this way earlier. I, I think the idea of going analog, that's a very interesting idea to present, and I'm sure. Again, I think part two will probably incorporate that more. It is. It was like a weird issue as far as. Luther gets this pretty quickly. So does Benji for that. But both of them are quite, we didn't talk about Simon Pegg at all. I think he's very funny here. Like he does his job. Oh, yeah, like he, he's very entertaining. It, it works. I, I feel like they could, they could have got into the whole, we need to be more analog about this idea way sooner than they actually were given how quickly the entity seemed to spring its traps yeah. during like the whole airport sequence. Yeah. Like, why are they still on computers after this? Like they're, they're smart enough to be like, we're done with computers now. We gotta be, we gotta, yeah. we gotta be smarter. Like, Dude, it feels like ben- they took up a step to to get to that point. <laughs> when Benji was like, "I'm gonna put this car in self drive mode," while I figure this out, like I was yeah. like, "Wait, what? What are we doing?" Why are yeah. we doing well, thing? he but he does give a look to the car and put his seatbelt on, which seatbelt made, on. which <laughs> made me chuckle. Which, yeah, yeah. I, I, fair, I agree with you that the problem. Like, uh, yeah, go Sorry. ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. no uh, I was gonna say that I agree with that you, Aaron. That I think the problem could have been. Uh, for for all these people that are very smart, including Ethan, who has apparently a photographic memory because he memorized all of the all of the bank accounts and dollar yeah. amounts, um, it it certainly seems like yeah, you should have thought about going analog or doing you know sending things by pigeon, you know, uh, <laughs> you know earlier than the third act of this movie. Yeah, and so it's like i i know that it sounds like it's just a lot of criticism but it's just more like i think we just respect the series so much where it's like <laughs> i know there's tighter ways to make some of this handle and i know we're probably giving it a lot of better than doubt that part two will be a cohesive whole and maybe make things gel better it's and minutes. it's not like we're gonna look back at this movie and think like oh this is not fun to watch at all we're gonna yeah. all see this again like it's, a it's, like, it's a fun movie yeah. but it's just like i just i can see why i'm not like as high on it as i was when i like walked out of fallout i'm like he stopped right. the bomb from going off it was amazing or yeah. whatever the hell with rogue nation where it's like he trapped him in that glass box of emotion it was great uh, so yeah that's 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 the end of the movie i think what it well i think what it was for me just to kind of wrap it up there is yeah. why i wasn't uh as high when i walked out of it on fallout which i kind of expected because fallout was just like the peak of the franchise for me was just because um both the like i liked the idea and the concept of the ai as the villain and everything uh, but the execute the, the pairing of the execution of that with the function of grace's character and everything and then being too brand new elements to the series in this movie. Mm-hmm. And those were the kind of like most glaring issues to it with, for me um, is what kind of like brought me down to be like, dang, you know, like there were definitely some glare, those glaring issues right. there. So that's, I feel like that's kind of why I brought it down for me. But again, yeah, like I, I can't wait to watch it again, like in yeah. theaters. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. Well, what, speaking of this, when should people go and see Mission Impossible: Ted Reckoning Part One? Right now. <laughs> yeah, you know where I stand. Yeah, okay. go see it yeah. right now. Yeah. Abe, I'm on the same page. Yeah, go see it in the theater. Yeah, yep. it's, go see it. It's great, big screen fun. It's the what you want yeah. in a summer movie, and it 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 does fly. Like again, seeing it last night again, it's like this movie flies by. I think it really does. Yeah. Like it takes place in like four days i think that's part of why i thought it felt like because it's just like i get like this happens to happen today and this happens to happen tomorrow like it just yeah it just moves like there's, there's always a clear objective as far as okay this is what they need to do yeah but, uh, there you go all right well we've talked about mission impossible dead reckoning part one but now i believe it is time for what, what time is it it's time for a quick game here That was uh, actually the theme that plays when your, your items just self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll hear that jargon of a jingle and then be like... I hope uh, you like my I've invisible got... starring, but stalling that I did there <laughs> to get to the xylophone. <laughs> I've got two abbreviated games for you guys this week. The first one is called Box Office Math. Uh, we're, we're actually only doing one person this week, which is Tom Cruise. I'm going to uh, ask you each individually what you guys think two of his movies that I've chosen the total amount domestically has made. So, okay. Again, two movies, Tom Cruise starred in both of them. Uh, just tell me what you think the total amount is that these like two com- movies made combined. combined. Yeah. Okay. Combined. Yeah. Okay. Domestic box office. Uh, okay. So guess of this week, Brandon, you get to start first rain man and night and day. Total do- mm, I'll say five. 35. That's 5.35. Okay, that's a big guess. Yeah, that feels Mandy, too, too high. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's this okay. Just, it's a warm-up game. Warm-up game. Just domestic? Just domestic. Okay, okay, okay. And terrible at math, so I'll get this wrong. Um, I'm going to go 210. 210, okay. And Aaron, what about you? I, I think Rain Man did 210 a lot. Like, Rain Man was a hit. <laughs> I yeah, that, was that's huge, where my head was, was like, yeah. So, at night and day, like, not huge, but you said five. Yeah. That that is yeah. That feels up. too. So yeah. I'm gonna say like three thirty, three three zero. The answer is two ninety four. All right, Philip, you are the winner of that game. <laughs> Rain Man made one hundred seventy two point eight million domestically. Huge movie. Uh, and if you were to adjust that for inflation, I'm sure that'd be like three hundred million or something. And Night and Day seventy six million. So what yeah, Philip yeah. guess? Philip gets yeah, 210. I, I only did 210, so is Aaron closer? Aaron, I closer? You yeah, did 330. 330. It's like 40. Three, yeah. 40 million? 40, 40 million difference. 50 plus, it's 250. You did 330. So you actually had 50 plus 30. That's $80 million off. I thought, I thought you said like, 290. You said 294. No, 249. <laughs> oh, you said 294 oh. the first time. <laughs> did I say 294? Yes, we all heard it. My bad. <laughs> We're all off. We're all off. Okay, okay. Next game, next game, next Your game. Your dyslexia is kicking in here. I know. Yeah. Man, that was way, way too answer. high for me. Yeah, because yeah. that was during Cruz's lean years, uh, night and day. So, yeah, that was woof. Yeah. I knew, uh, I knew Rain Man was huge, but it was, you know, time-wise, it was, or, yeah. you know, late 80s or whatever. So, I was like, uh, how high was high then? Anyway, pretty sorry. high. Uh, yeah. I still got the right answer right for Philip, but, uh, yeah, the number is 249, not 294. Okay. All right. So. Uh, anyway, all right, next game here is top four. This is where I will name you guys an actor from Mission Impossible. Mission, colon, impossible. Dead Reckoning, part one. 
uh, and you guys will take turns telling me what you think is in their IMDb top four listed movies. So everybody gets a chance to go. But uh, again, Philip Brandon, because you went first in that last one, Philip, you get to go first in this first one. Okay. For Tom Cruise, what do you think IMDb's top four movies for Tom Cruise are that are just name name one of them? You can name all four. You're, you're trying to you guess the four of them. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to guess all four. Okay. So, yeah. Um uh, uh Top Gun, Jerry Maguire. Um we'll do Ghost Protocol and um Oh god. Uh I'll throw we'll do Eyes Wide Shut. I don't know. Oh. I feel like that might be in there. You got two right, so you get two points. Top Gun oh. and Jerry Maguire. Okay. Brandon, for two points, can you name the other two? Um, Top Gun, Jerry Maguire. Let's go with... Ugh, this is tough, because I'm trying to think of, like... It was the original Top Gun, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um... the new one's called Top Gun Maverick. Right, right. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> oh, this is tough. I I want to go with like maybe something he was nominated for. So let's say I don't know though. Wait, can you remind me of what Philip guessed? Uh, yeah, what... he guessed okay. Top Gun, Jerry okay. Maguire, Ghost Protocol, and okay. also uh, what was the last one you said, Philip? I said Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go Magnolia and De Palma's Mission Impossible. Unfortunately, those were not on a top four, so you had zero oh. points there. Okay, Aaron, can you name the last two? Yes, <laughs> um, I I've seen this list before, and I don't know if it's changed. It's been a minute, but it's always been curious to me that the last samurai is definitely one or was one of them. Oh uh, wow! I because it because it, it sticks out. It's like why that movie? <laughs> it's such a weird one. <laughs> Maybe it's because I don't know how the analytics work. And I'm sure one of the Mission Impossible's is going to be on there, so I'm good. I'm just going to throw out two. Those are the last two. Yes, yeah. it was the last samurai. <laughs> so it's still last samurai. It, that is absurd. <laughs> it's such a weird one. Because <laughs> like, uh, like, it's because like I don't because I know actors can pick them if they want to. But it's like he doesn't care about that, so it's like that can't be the reason. Was this play, last? Like, updated in 2005 I have no like, idea it might have been but like it is like yeah. a it is like a cable hit though like it plays on cable a lot so i think that might be a reason like it just like it just like hits the right way for people to like search last samurai <laughs> well it could be it yeah but even uh, MI2 being up there that's crazy because i was gonna guess like a few good men or something on my it, next like one my, if, my if thought I, there yeah. is because people talk about it so much as far as being but like it gets a weird debate like, right, yeah, that right, it gets yeah. it gets mentioned yeah. more than other ones because there's just like obviously good. Yeah, my head also went where where Brandon was going. I was like, well, he probably got Magnolia should be up there because he got nominated, right? But yeah. uh, no, it's not. So, well, Brandon, you got to go first in the next one here. Rebecca Ferguson. What do you think are Rebecca Ferguson's top four? Hmm. Uh, let's see. I don't know much of her career outside of her blockbusters. Um, you might be doing pretty well if you if you name them. So definitely not the kid who wouldn't be king, although she's great in that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's say Rogue Nation. Okay. I think both of these are going to be on there, Rogue Nation and Fallout. Okay. Doctor Sleep and Dune. You got three out of four. Pretty good. You're, you're now in the leaderboard here. You got Rogue Nation, Fallout, and Dune. Aaron, oh. can you name the last one? The Greatest Showman? That is correct. Wow. Like, what else has he done? Like, I tried to... 
justice for doctor sleep yeah. <laughs> reminiscence is not on there but yeah. there we go <laughs> good one philip the other hugh jackman club yeah <laughs> yeah well aaron we go next to you okay Haley atwell what do you think are Haley atwell's top four these fucking marvel movies are gonna kill me now let's see um <laughs> I hate the idea. It's like, well, she's in the this one the most, therefore, but I'm still going to say first Avenger. Okay. Um, God. Let's see. She's not in, so she dies in Civil War or whatever. Her body's around. Whoa, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, I really spoiled <laughs> that one. Um, I, Endgame. Okay. That's so two. That's two of them. Uh, uh she have movies outside of Marvel at this point <laughs> in this thing? Um, let's see. Remember that TV counts as well. Yeah, but God, these Marvel... Okay, fine. Let's see. Agent Carter, and then this movie, Mission Impossible. Okay, so you've got uh, First Avenger. What was your second one? Endgame. Endgame, Agent Carter, and... Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. You got one point. Which one? Captain America, First Avenger. All right. Well. Philip, for three points, can you name the other three? So Aaron said he First said Avenger Captain and America. Endgame. Yep, yeah. First Avenger, the two Endgame. Marvel movies. Uh, and Agent Carter. Agent Carter, and also this last, or this most recent one of um, Dead Reckoning. Okay. Then I'll go Winter Soldier. Okay. And I know you said she was dead, but I don't, I honest to God can't think of it. So I'll do Civil War as well, just as a shot in the dark. Okay. Um, and then the only movie I remember her being in outside of Marvel is Cinderella, the Kenneth Branagh one. Wow. Good recall there. You That's got the only one. one point for oh, Winter Soldier. Wow. This is... okay. I'm going to oh. hate these answers. <laughs> Brandon, for two points, can you name the remaining two? So, so what do we have? First Avenger and Winter Soldier. Yeah, we have That's two correct. Captain America movies. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, and Agent Carter wasn't on there, so Agent Carter is not on there. Uh, that one's terrible. Racking my brain, like, if are these just all Marvel movies? What other Marvel movies was she in? Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Okay. And I okay. think she was in the first Ant Man, wasn't she? Yeah, she is. The yeah, okay. At the beginning. okay, I'll go. I'll go with that one, and since it seems like Marvel's all they know her for. Well, Brandon, you get one point because Ant Man was on the <laughs> course list. It's oh my god! <laughs> the last one is called The Duchess. Don't know what that is. Oh, that's Kira Knightley. The- yeah, Knightley, yeah. The Kira Knightley movie. You guys all got one point there. So wow. uh, moving on here, um, Aaron, you went first in that yeah. last one. So Philip, we're back to you. Simon Pegg. All right. Okay. Um, let's do. I mean, let's do Hot Fuzz and uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I mean, I'm tempted to just do like the Cornetto. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know that World's End's going to be in there. So I'll we'll, we'll we'll do one of the missions. We'll go. Um, we'll go Rogue Nation. Okay. And then you said TV. TV. Can yeah, TV's a... uh, included. It can be included. Okay, we'll we'll say spaced. Okay. You got two points. Okay. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Darn. Brandon, for two points, can you name the other two? Hmm. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. 
I keep missing everyone else's guesses because I'm think I'm I'm like thinking the whole time. So what can you remind me of his other two? Yeah, Philip said Space uh, and... Spaced, the TV show from the BBC network. Okay. And then also uh Philip, what's your third one? I said Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation, yeah. So I'll go with three since that's the movie that introduced him. Uh Mission Impossible Three? Yeah, in this okay. series, I mean. And um do I want to go Paul or do I want to go at World's End? Um, I almost did Paul. Yeah, let's go. But, let's go with Paul. I don't know. Both of those movies seem similarly forgotten. Although I like yeah. at World's End, but yeah, let's so go. With Mission Paul Impossible and... Three and Paul. Yeah, let's go with Paul. Okay, unfortunately, you got zero points. Okay, <laughs> oh, no. all on me now. Aaron, can you steal the last two? Um. Well, I. I guess I'll say Ghost Protocol. Okay. Do I just finish the trilogy? Like, would they be? <laughs> would it be at World's End? Um, I keep saying it. it's not. It's not a pirates movie. Is it just the? Okay, the World's End. Okay. So your first one was what again? Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. You got one point, Phil. You should have gone with the trilogy because oh, it, it is the World's End. What's the other Wait, one? Don't tell me Another it's going to be one of the Fallout? Ice Age movies. Please don't. Is be one Star of the Trek? Oh, oh my god. god! I forgot he's in oh, Star no. Trek because I don't care oh, about Star true. Trek. <laughs> I, I can't believe I forgot that. It's like one of my favorite franchises. Wait, which Not one? These... The first one? Yeah, the first 2009 okay. reboot Star I Trek. I forgot yeah. he was so, in yeah. completely. Yeah. God. This is how like not in my mind Star Trek is ever. Where it's just like I don't even remember the fact that it's like oh, yeah, I thought right. for sure you were gonna say the Ice Age movie that he was in. No, <laughs> he's in like just a couple more here. Yeah, just a couple more here. So Phil or Brandy, you go first. Simon Pegg here. has quite the career. He does, yeah. Quite Stack- the the mid and late stage career, yeah. Yeah, uh, stacking stacking up franchises. <laughs> indeed, yeah. Get those paychecks. Uh, Ving Rhames, Brandon. Ving okay. Rhames. There we go. All right, do you have his IMDb page up right now, Abe? I do. Does he have a hat? He does have a hat. (laughs) 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 He's not wearing. He does not have a cigar though. So just the hat. I have. He does it his Wikipedia. I have some good guesses guesses for this. Um, Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Brandon. Okay, Pulp Fiction. Okay. I'll just say Mission Impossible. Um. Okay. I'm going to go with You said TV can be included? TV can be included, yes. So I I this is an out a kind of out of left field one, but I'm going to go cuz I think he won an Emmy or Golden Globe for 12 Angry Men. Mhm. Um and then he famously tried to give that award to Jack Lemmon. Um he did. He gave it to Jack. Yeah. Lemmon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I'm going to go with that, 12 Angry Men, and then I will say Undisputed. Undisputed. Oh, that's okay. a good one. That's a good guess. So you get uh one point for Pulp Fiction. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. Aaron, for three points, can you name the other three? It was for Don King. That was his Golden Globe that he got. He gave it to and he gave oh, it to, I, to uh, I thought it was Jack Lemon. Was he in Twelve Angry Men? Jack Lemon was in Twelve Angry Men. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he, yeah, was, he got... was nominated for Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Jack Jack Lemon didn't didn't star in Don King. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they could have had masks, but... could have. Yeah. Um, all right, would have been ahead of his time. Ving Rhames. Let's see. You guess the you guess the first Mission Impossible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Pulp Fiction's out. Okay, would it be another mission? Okay, I'm gonna say Out of Sight. 
I'm going to throw that okay. in there. I'm going to throw in Dawn of the Dead. Okay. I need one more. You do need one more. Just go all in and say two again. With him and crew share that. Uh, one of the other ones. He's in three a lot. I'll say Mission Impossible 3. Okay. So you have uh, Mission Impossible 3. What was your second one? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn and, of the Dead. And, and um, what did I say first? Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, George Clooney. Uh, you got one point. Uh-huh. Mission Impossible 3. I got the right mission. <laughs> that makes me happy. I'll take that. Philip, for two points, can you guess the last two for Ving Rhames? Man, I was really counting on Dawn of the Dead. Um, let's see. So it's Mission Impossible 3 and Pulp Fiction right now. That's correct, yeah, so far. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is so sad. Uh, Chuck and Larry. Okay. Chuck and Larry. <laughs> um, oh, my uh, God. Forgot about that. Uh, that's like, I'm trying to remember some other ones. Uh because at first I was like, is it Longest Yard or Chuck and Larry? I couldn't remember. Uh, but I think it's Terry Crews that I was thinking of in, in Longest Yard. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Con Air? Ooh, okay. So Chuck and Larry and Con Air. Those are good yeah. guesses. Yeah. Philip, you unfortunately got zero points. Uh. Wow, oh what, what the is last this list? two are bringing out the dead, the Scorsese movie. Oh, oh my great God. movie. That's yeah, a great, great movie. movie. I wouldn't have yeah. gotten that. Mission the Impossible movie. 2. Oh, oh my I should have two also. Ah. Oh my God. Whoever's that... running IMDb is a big John Woo fan. Yeah. I respect <laughs> yeah, it. Me too, love is off the chain. <laughs> uh, last one here. Oh, good. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> our pal Shay Wiggum, Summer of Shay keeps rolling. We forgot to say oh, that he's man. been in like six movies this summer, and he's and on the uh, Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones, yeah. <laughs> so Shay Wiggum, uh, I think uh, Brandon, you went first in the last one. So Aaron, you got to go first in this in this last one here. Okay, Shay Wiggum, old Shay, character actor Shay Wiggum, been in a lot of things probably that you've seen. Yeah, but what? Need to be down for yeah. him. Um, God, would it be shows too though? Because he's got. Okay, let's see. Let's do. Because I really want to fucking. I'll say Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Um, Kong Skull Island. Okay. Would it even register that high? Take Shelter. Okay. And he's in it like a Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. You got one point. Which one? For take shelter. Wow. Oh my God. That was, that's the lowest. <laughs> I would have bet my life on Kong Skull Island. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Philip, for three points, can you name the other three Shea Wiggum? Uh, no, probably not. Because. <laughs> Because Aaron took my Arkansas guess from uh, my, my, oh, my Jeff from your, from your buddy, movie. from your buddy Jeff, Jeff Nichols. Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go, and I hope this is right. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna. I know he was in Fast and Furious, okay, the fourth one. Um, and I want to say he was. I don't remember if he was in five or not, or six or. I feel like he was in another one. Um, okay. We're gonna go. We're gonna go Fast and Furious, and then I'll just say Fast Five because I can't remember which one he's in. 
and we had two missions on the last one, so I'll leave it there. And then I gotta guess one more. Yes, one more. Uh, God, um, I'm trying to think of what he was in. I don't know. I know I've seen him in a thousand things, but yeah. I can't think of anything. Worse. So you got Fast and Furious and uh, Fast Five. Fast yeah. Five. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know those are not in his top four. Okay, so that's zero points there. Brandon for three points, and possibly the win. Let's Can see. you name the last three? So I know he's done a lot of TV. I don't know everything he's done, but I remember him in True Detective. Okay. Barely. And I haven't seen the show, but is he one of the million people that pop up in any of the Fargos? I feel like he yes, is. He does. I cannot answer that for you, but he Aaron does, did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I thought that was the case. I don't know which one of those I want to guess, though. You, I mean, you just say Fargo at that point. It's like, yeah, you can say Fargo. I'll accept no, that. Oh, you mean no, like no, which, I, which TV show you want to choose? Yeah, because I don't want to yeah. guess both. Oh. And, but I think Fargo is ultimately more popular than True Detective. I'll, I'll say Fargo will be one of them. Let's just say, okay. I'm trying to think of what else he's been in. He's been in a million movies. <sighs> is he one of the guys in First Man? He is. Yes, he is. First Man, I'll go with that. And okay. What else has he been in? You just have to do the three, right? Yeah, or just the three. Take out True Detective. Yeah, I'm gonna leave out. I feel like there's a movie I'm thinking of that so I have. Fargo, First Man, and and one more. There, there's a movie I'm thinking of that I can't remember. I'm like picturing his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joker. He's in Joker, That's right? Gonna be my other guess. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he is in Joker. This is solid here. Three I, solid picks. He okay. Let's just go with those. I'm okay. I'm like sitting here staring at my ceiling, like <laughs> thinking like he. You could tell me he's in any movie, and I'd believe you because you'd is. believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go with That's those. True. Three solid picks. Unfortunately, not on his. <laughs> <laughs> All that for nothing. Okay. <laughs> he's got a very strange to beat. Take shelter is one of them. Uh huh. Splinter is another one. Splinter, okay. Is, is that part of the Saw universe? It's what a horror. It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Risk Cutters colon a love story. Risk Cutters. Wow. Oh, I loved that movie. That's a good movie. Out. I would never yeah. expect that be at his page. No. And the last one is nonstop. Nonstop. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, oh, my back God. When, back when uh, Call It Sarah was making good movies. Uh, this, <laughs> feels like a, this feels like a curated IMDb page. I feel like he chose these. <laughs> he chose these himself, yeah. <laughs> so with that, with two zeros at the end there, Aaron, you skate by with the win this week. So congratulations to that. But yes, yeah, Shea Wiggum, what a you guys named some great things that he's in, and like those were not in the top four. That's hilarious. It's amazing to be on that list. That that was such an important movie to me as a teenager, and I completely forgot he was in that. If we were doing Shannon Sostaman's top four, you know, like... it's that what 40, 40, 40 days, forty nights, nice tail, and Sinister, kiss kiss bang bang. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks well, for that game, Abe. That was yeah, you're welcome. Fun. Oh, we still have more to do because we have feedback. <laughs> feedback, feedback, feedback. This is the this is the end section. So okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go over some questions we got on the Facebook page here. From uh, feel free to join our page. You can answer all the questions that we ask of the listeners, yeah. and they give us some answers. Uh, Abe, why don't you start this off? First question is: What's your favorite Tom Cruise running scene from any of his films? Jeff Mendez writes "Edge of Tomorrow." Chris Cleveland writes "Suited and Booted in the Firm." And Mark Hoffmeyer uh, writes Vanilla Sky. Do chat down Times Square so we can jog through it. 
And lastly, Philip has that time that he was racing a sandstorm in Ghost Protocol. Philip heard, not Philip Andy Brace. So there's two for me that stick out. Yeah. One is collateral when he's chasing Jamie Foxx, uh, like from the hospital onto the bridge, because he has yeah. to he has to make up a lot of time for the head start that Jamie Foxx got at him and he catches him. So it's like good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, good running scene. And he, you know, he's wearing that suit. He's got the gray hair. It's fun. The the other is um is, is Mission Impossible three because he's like screaming Chinese at people and running that super long like <laughs> half mile run. Yeah, and like one right. shot. <laughs> it's like God, this guy's a machine. I forgot about him with the terrible pronunciation. <laughs> I I still like Aquarium, uh, just the the gum and just running out with like. Fish and waiters just running out of or falling out of the, the restaurant. Oh, or it starts slow mo <laughs> and then it ends and it's like these fish are after me. And he has to keep. Yeah, running. exactly. And like, how does he running in dress shoes with like wet stone on co- on cobblestone streets? Exactly. <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, you guys have any uh, favorite running scenes from Tom Cruise? I was also going to say Collateral because I'm a, I'm a big uh, Michael Mann guy, and that was the one that immediately popped out to me. And I feel like. I mean, there's so much running in the Mission Impossible movies, so I, I'm not even going to attempt to pick my favorite because every t- when I was doing my watch through this last week, I was like, oh, this is the best running he's ever done. And then like immediately the next movie topped that. So two has the least, surprisingly. I watched yeah, the whole yeah. supercut that for some reason I'm like, I watched all eight minutes of this. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very motorcycle forward movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, collateral for me, that, that'll be my default because I really love that movie. Yeah, and I don't know if it's my favorite, but I always think of uh, the Vanilla Sky. I think one of the comments of Vanilla Sky, but I always think of that mm-hmm. one because of the whole shutdown Times Square thing and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. What's your favorite Tom Cruise movie stunt? Chris writes the underwater scene of Rogue Nation. Philip Hurd has flying into the window at the end of the Burj Khalifa sequence in Ghost Protocol. Adam Gentry, friend of the show, has, I'm always going to be partial to him being lowered through the ceiling in the first Mission Impossible film, particularly him catching the drop of sweat off his glasses. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, a big Tom fan Cruise. of cocktail when he actually learns how to bartend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard stunt. Have you ever tried to, to spin a bottle? <laughs> no heads were hit by glasses because of his effort in that movie. Because <laughs> yeah, he's I, a professional. <laughs> I think it's the Bur- Burj Khalifa is definitely up there. I mean, just I mean, all of these latter Mission Impossible movies, it's right. just absurd. Like learning how to fly the helicopter for Fallout, right. like, absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, yeah, I love yeah, the halo that, jump. Yeah, yeah, that. I didn't realize until recently that the uh, yeah that that the skydiving thing in Fallout uh, was all in camera because the, yeah. the cloud the storm CG, and so I was like oh well this is this he probably but then it was how stupid of me to think that when everything else he does is in camera, so I mean that that's very impressive too. But yeah, the Burj Khalifa just like as much as Ghost Protocol didn't hit for me as it did for everyone else, still really love it. It's like four out of five star movie for me. Um, mm-hmm. That stunt just like really like maybe want to jump out of my skin just like pretty incredible stuff um that that's you know it's really cool to see things with imax cameras but that sequence being shot specifically in imax is like the best you can do with that format it's so incredible yeah yeah um uh, him learning to hip-hop dance for tropic thunder really uh yes yeah i mean again (laughs) this guy's devoted yeah I was gonna do a joke like playing pool and color money, but that's the better joke, the, the Tropic Thunder one. So, good joke. my bad. Now, do you think that he actually beats Paul Newman at the end of the movie? I mean, if you've seen yeah. the movie, it, it has some difference. It has a Mister X. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, who are your favorite supporting characters from the Mission Impossible series? Rames, Ferguson, Peg, for sure. Haley, that was a great addition. She nailed it. 
Uh, uh, I believe um Philip wrote this. Philip wrote this. Sorry, I didn't, yeah. didn't copy the name. All good. Uh, and then Luke uh, Thompson writes, they're supporting characters? Um, I mean, obviously, we're all going to say the Australian guy in part two that we definitely know the name of. We don't have to look <laughs> it up or anything at all. We know the actor. We know the name. It's a great character. Billy uh, Barrett is the character. Boom. <laughs> don't don't ask me why I remember his name. <laughs> oh, I, I figured you might know. <laughs> but even then, I feel like you'd have to you'd have to search your head for a couple seconds before you got. Oh it. yeah, that's what I was doing while you were while you were talking. You got it. A, a character we can't wait to return because of how memorable he was. Uh, Luther is my guy in this. Luther, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Luther, Luther's the heart of these movies. Like I feel like in almost every single one of these latter entries, he has a scene that just makes me choke up. Go to your um, husband. Yeah, th- it, <laughs> that when he's telling Elsa, you know, about Ethan. Uh, right. it, but but I have to say, uh, th- one of the ones that I wish would come back because she really surprised me, and I don't know why we don't have a million action movies starring her is uh, Paula Patton. Great, great in four. Yeah. W- would would love to see more of her in these movies, but she's right. not my favorite supporting character. But just want to throw throw her out because I feel like we all agree on a lot of these supporting characters and I thought mm-hmm. she was pretty fantastic. I assume she ran off of Anil Kapoor at the end of Ghost Protocol. I thought that's what happened. Oh, yeah, you might be that right. Could be it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They're just, yeah, they're living happily in like, I'm marrying you know, this Indian billionaire. I'm out of the IMF game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do not accept the offer. Right. <laughs> oh, and Renner's great too. Renner, I would love to see come back in one Renner's of a lot of fun in these. I hope he's in yeah. part two. Yeah, uh, hopefully he's, we'll see. you know, making movies again at some he's point. He's now head of the IMF or something. Yeah. Um, mine is is uh, Emilio Estevez just for the line "Asa lasagna"? Don't get any <laughs> incredible line. <laughs> Great make death, any too. sense. <laughs> I like this story that I, <laughs> Tom Cruise has said, where it's like, "Oh, I wish we could bring it back. We've tried." I'm like, "Really? Have you? Have you He's <laughs> dead. Have you tried to make that? Have you tried to retcon that death where he gets <laughs> um, his, a, a, impaled? A, a, a giant elevator impalement happens like through his entire body. He <laughs> might have the best." He has the best death in the entire series. It's brutal. Yeah. And it's yeah, Emilio. Totally <laughs> Voight has a great one, too. Voight, you know, yeah, hitting he his head by off. Helicopter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what in slow motion, because they have to animate his face being like, what? And it's like, oh, yeah. no. He's Someone gone. posted right. a screen grab of him, like, hitting his entire head off of the uh, uh-huh. train, train track right before he gets crushed. And it's That's just right. it's such a perfect image. Yeah, ILM so had a lot of fun with that helicopter explosion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what's next? What are your favorite... Well, things moving. What are your favorite car chases featuring a unique type of vehicle? Chris writes, Mad Max Fury Road, just about the whole film is a car chase. And yeah, there's plenty mm-hmm. of unique cars in that one. Uh, Philip has maybe it's a recency bias, but that little souped up Fiat running from an armored car in Dead Reckoning was pretty cool. Mm, yeah. Uh, Aaron and I love cars too. They're just actual cars and planes just being, uh, you know, in their own chases. I don't know if this is a cheat because it's still a car, but um, there's, there's a really cool series of French action movies that Netflix has called Lost Bullet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And- yeah, in Lost Bullet 2, uh the, the the first one he soups up his grill with a uh with like these uh spikes on the on the end of his car and he's just ramming people with it. And it's cool stuff, very Mad Max-ish. But in two, he takes it a step further by electrifying the grill of his car. And he start when he rams into cars, he gives them an electrical jolt and they explode and it's incredible. It rocks. And it, yeah. Yeah. It's a there's a there's an entire chase sequence built on that alone and it's tremendous. All nice. all practical, really great stuff. So that that's my answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the um golden eye tank chase um is oh, a, yeah. pretty wonderful. Yes. 
including where Pierce Brosnan like stops for a second, adjusts his tie, and then keeps going. Just total Bond bullshit. It's great. Philip, <laughs> <laughs> anything from you? I mean, the one I always default to. It's not like a uh, unique type of vehicle, but when they're in Fast Five, the and when they're pulling the safes through the street, it's always yeah. a, a fun one. It's a great chase, yeah. A lot of a lot yeah. of destruction in those city streets of Rio. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, they deserve uh, the it. Yeah, they deserve. Jason Momoa is really pissed off. Uh, <laughs> the next question here: Say Tom Cruise went back to choosing great directors to work with in dramas again. Who would you pair him with? Jason Ritter writes Chris Nolan. Chris Cleveland writes: I think he'd marry well with Clint Eastwood. Would love to see him take on something dark and dare with Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, Luke Thompson has Lars von Trier. <laughs> <laughs> Phil has Tom Cruise playing the lead in a Wes Anderson film would be amazing, although that would be more comedy than drama. For straight drama, I'd like to see him work with a foreign director like Corey uh, Era. Yeah. Um, director pairings that you'd like to see Tom Cruise work with. I'm just going to default and say I want to see him go with Bay. Like, I think those two could do something really special together. <laughs> they're they're both lunatics. Uh, right. And, you know, I, I would like to see that um i don't know honestly how hasn't that happened now that you say that like, i don't know it, it's pretty ridiculous because they, they're both psychotic people and they're both like i don't know i i would love to see that control and... that's the issue yeah <laughs> they, they can't they could get past each other <laughs> and i think he could do some fun stuff with lynch he has a very odd presence to him i don't know if he's ever going to go back to working with like as it were because he is the auteur now but like yeah i don't know i think he could do some do some fun stuff with lynch when mission impossible 3 was like being designed it was the the big things were he had david fincher on board and he had joe carnahan on board i'd be still happy to see either of them work with tom cruise i'd be curious to see where that would go i think there's some sturdy action thing they could do together yeah the carnahan one would be for sure uh I'll say the obvious ones. Like, uh, I'd love to see him front uh, either a Tarantino or a PTA movie. There you go. Who's got one PTA? Oh, he yeah. is. God. He's got Magnolia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. Oscar nominated. I guess. I like, yeah, the lead. I, I see it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Yeah, because again, I think PTA kind of gets him. So. I'd like to see him work with uh, more women too. Like, I, I think you know her reputation's kind of dinged lately because of. Uh, Eternals, but I I don't know. I think he could do some cool sci-fi stuff with Chloe Zhao. I don't know. Maybe her Dracula movie. Go back to doing vampire stuff. There you go. Yeah. 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 Put him in a Kelly Reichardt picture. He could just stand around in a park for a while. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind. There it's some art. That is not a dig at Kelly Reichardt. He's a fine film no. picture. <laughs> oh wait, no. I I do have my answer. It's Park Chan Wook. He would be. Incredible. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's some wild yeah. with him as a villain. Make him a villain yeah. in a Park Chan Wook. Oh, <laughs> Um, okay, what's next? Name some great female movie henchmen or supporting villains. Jeff writes Go-Go from Kill Bill Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Philip has Mystique from the X-Men films. Chris has Nurse Ratchet. And Brian has Ruby Rose in John Wick Chapter 2. Hmm. Be seeing you. <laughs> uh, female well, henchmen speak- and supporting characters. Speaking of GoldenEye, Zenya on a top. There you go. I, I don't love the movie anymore, but uh, Kelly Hu in X2 is a pretty terrific performance, and I always wanted her to do more. Uh, I forget. She's Deathstrike in that, I believe. Yeah. 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 It's the most brutal fight in that whole franchise. Yeah. <laughs> like them just yeah. stabbing she's, each other. 
she's pretty incredible in that. I was always hoping she would she would have a bigger career ahead of her. But well, I mean, the Scorpion King, of course. So I, oh yeah, how can we forget? <laughs> how can I forget that movie? Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, pa- uh, Palm in this movie is just like immediate all timer hench henchman. Just I mean, that look really... of glee on her face when she's like smashing through all the scooters. Really <laughs> it's, it's so so funny. Like I just I, I I really liked her as Mantis. Thought she brought a lot more to that character than was into, and then hundred percent, yeah, was yeah, and then was finally given what she deserved in three, I think. And but this was like I was totally unprepared for how good she was going to be here. Mm-hmm. Any others? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, I think we named all of them. Yeah, all the women. <laughs> all the women. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna add in Faye from uh, Cowboy Bebop, but you know she's not really a henchman. She's kind of just more <laughs> antiheroes. Right. Yeah. There, there's one I want to say, and I'm only gonna say that you should watch Accident Man Two, starring Scott uh, Adkins, because yeah. it's a, oh, it's a terrific movie um great dtv action movie it's like really really good from last year but the the henchwoman i'm thinking of uh she and her husband were uh, in, imprisoned just last year for uh child trafficking so oh, uh, no. so, so so yeah she I, I was thinking of her like oh yeah she was great and then immediately remembered the uh, downside to that so watch that movie but just try to keep that out of your mind uh she she uh yeah that that was bad person got it yeah <laughs> not yeah. great yeah, I don't know what, what the deal was with that. Don't know her name. Don't want to give her any more air time. But yeah, the right. great movie, though. <laughs> there you go. Well, the last question here is, favorite films featuring characters stuck or bound together? Scott writes The Defiant Ones and Midnight Run. Brandon Peters writes Malignant. Great answer. <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. Chris has The Human <laughs> too. Another humorous answer. Uh, great films about movies, uh, people being stuck or bound together. Well, that's a good who framed Roger Rabbit? That's a good one. Like, are we we're saying physically stuck? Like something? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, You're handcuffed or uh, or it uh, stuck on you, Matt Damon, Rick and your situation. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Making hamburgers together. What are those? Yeah. Ah, oh, this is this is tough. Um, I don't know if you could top that malignant answer. That's no, <laughs> yeah, answer. that yeah, that's like perfect. That's that's the answer. It's time to cut out the I cancer. Mean, <laughs> right. incredible movie yeah. well Aaron I think you know my answer it's gonna be enemy mine <laughs> okay <laughs> they're stuck on a distant planet together the, this is this this isn't an actual answer because it's not the lead but uh total recall has oh yeah good, of course yeah, yeah. Quato. yeah. yeah. Got some Quato action there yeah <laughs> With Marshall and his little friend right <laughs> Well, that was feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you for all the feedback, everybody. Yeah, of course. Thanks very much. And that's going to do it for this extended episode of Out Now There and Abe. Uh, you can find all my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for League of Entertainment for movie reviews, Why is the Blue for Criterion and Blu-ray reviews. I'm also part of the Summer of 93 at 30 podcast, a special series on the Brandon Peters Show, where Brandon Peters, Scott Mendelson, and I talk about the summer movie season from 1993, which has all been a lot of fun. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Uh, you can find more for, more of my stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag close-up magic. <laughs> How did uh, that not get mentioned? Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> fun. The return of Cruz's magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Philip, what do you want to plug? Uh, you know, I don't know right now. No, you can, uh, like, I'm logging what I'm watching over at Letterboxd, Vandy underscore Price, and you can follow me on Twitter at Vandy Price. I post a lot of movie thoughts over there, or you know, not as frequently as I should, but Hopefully there'll be something else, a different outlet soon. But for right now, I'm just kind of playing it low key. 
Cool, cool, cool. We look forward to your next big adventure. (laughs) And Brandon Shrostick, where can people find more of you? Uh, On Twitter under my name. uh, I have a long last name, so I'm sure you'll see that in the show notes. Uh, And I'm, uh, I'm a staff writer and social media guy for secret handshake cinema we've been kind of a little quieter lately but uh doing stuff over there that's fun and then just various different outlets like vulture polygon stuff like that you might find my name every once in a while but yeah twitter is mostly all right you can find all the other episodes about now there today about itunes audioboom spotify and, and uh, stitcher soundcloud podomatic and just wlod feel free to email us at notpocketsgmail.com or check out our Facebook, Facebook.com slash Outnow Podcast, or Twitter, Twitter.com slash Outnow underscore podcast. And of course, Instagram.com slash Outnow underscore podcast as well. And then uh, log on to iTunes, give us a rating review. It'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, Philip, thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, thanks thank for having us. Yeah, this for was sure. a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I thank you guys for being on. Thank the listeners for listening. Next week, Barbenheimer is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. There's going to be a giant bomb. As well as a new uh, an Oppenheimer movie, um, and it's, it's all happening. There's a lot: Gerwig, Nolan, Murphy, Roby, all of it. We'll talk about that in some capacity. Uh, but I wanted you to keep going. I, there, there's a lot of names in both of these movies. Like, no, no worries. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to we'll, it. We'll yeah. get to them next week. We'll spend ten minutes on that. Uh, but that's it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And mission accomplished. intro okay you good yep this week on out now with aaron and abe we're talking mission impossible dead reckoning part one see here oh fuck i ruined it (laughs) (laughs) i was like this title is so fucking long okay (laughs) all right so on the trailer for dead reckoning i'm trying to think of some henry zerny lines but i can't think of them so you can make stuff up and just make it sound staring you're fine like mr hunt i know you had to go to ralph's today to get some uh, oranges but You'll never know how many you actually needed until it's time to know for sure. Yeah. That's really good. That's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty solid. You just have to, you know, just have authority behind it, but like shady authority, right? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shady authority, right? <laughs> I played Wordle today. I got the four moves, or did I? You'll never know, Mr. Hunt. Kittridge, you've never seen me very upset. <laughs> you've never seen me play Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> Throws gum at him. Exactly. It's not a bomb. It's just gum now. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> it's in my hair. These are the bits that I make that get rejected. So, all right. Let's, um... <clears throat>